0: This is the SFF Audio Podcast. Hi, I'm Jesse. Hi, I'm Paul.
1: Hi, I'm Marissa.
0: I'm Luke. I'm Evan. And we're going to talk about The Lathe of Heaven by Ursula K. Le Guin. Like Philip Dick. No. No by uh, <laughs> Ursula K. Le Guin, first published in uh, Amazing Stories, uh, March and May, 1971. And uh, I thought it was pretty interesting how much she talks about the 70s, given that it's, it's the first couple of months of, of 1971. And then I thought how accurate she was about the 70s. Then I started thinking how accurate she was about the 80s and the 90s, and then the modern era uh it's a pretty uh, interesting book in that respect i think there's a there's
2: a great quote the best way to be right more often is to change your mind a lot mm-hmm. and this is a book <laughs> where this is the book uh oh no the Maybe not the most often is to change your mind, but the way to be right is to change your mind a lot. And uh, and in this book is one of those things where it's sort of like, oh, how about this kind of future? No, not that kind of future. How about this kind of future? How about this? You know, and there's sort of like lots of different futures play out in the book. So it's uh, I wouldn't say it's easier to get closer to what we have, but there's kind of lot more to pick and choose from in this book. A lot of the futures are nothing like our
0: futures, but a few of them are, yeah, kind of eerily close in some ways. Mm hmm. I also think um, it's uh, – I, I realized that this book has an opposite, um, and that's uh, Nancy Cress's Beggars in Spain. This book has lots <laughs> and lots of questions, which uh, it doesn't know the answers to but is willing to explore. And um, that yes. book has one answer, and God damn it, we're going to hammer it in and make it fit. And <laughs> uh, that book is completely immoral and wrong and evil, and this book is – Kind of uh, nice and um, wait, reasonable. Wait,
3: wait a minute. Wait. 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 Why is beggars in Spain wrong, immoral, and, and evil?
1: And uh, wait, I haven't read it. So can you tell? Can you tell me what that
2: one is? It's, it's hey, just listen. Just listen. Just listen to the podcast Jesse recorded about that book. Oh no, you can't because it was never released. <laughs> That's right.
3: <laughs> oh wait, really? What, when
4: yeah. did this happen? <laughs> What's going on here?
0: <laughs> it's in, it's it very a evil book. Dream. Oh yeah. yeah, Evan, have you uh, read this book? The Malthusian. It's, I haven't uh,
4: read Beggs and Spain. there.
0: So it's interesting because I, I realized it was the opposite because um, this book says uh, some facts about sleep that are true. Um, you know, oh. lack of sleep will kill you. It'll kill you just as surely mm-hmm. as lack of water or lack of, uh, of um, air or lack of food. But mm-hmm. uh, that book says no, nope, no, nope, sleep can be eliminated. Uh, and anybody who doesn't have to sleep is, is not just superior. To other persons, but is superior in a way that makes those other persons um, s- dispensable. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a horror show that book, and the my, people who love that, it freak the shit out of me. Oh my yeah. god, yeah, super <laughs>
2: Randian uh, superhumans, and everyone yes. else can die, and it's all fine. Anne Rand's
0: yeah. uh, you know successor, you know Anne a- a- Rand was a robot, but she kind of knew that. Whereas these people are saying being robots that grind other human beings into into powder is a good thing
3: Wow mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I don't think we can attribute the the feelings and thoughts of the of the characters in the beggar series to the author given the, the diversity of the author's work they are basically slams to use the Van book term yes yeah,
0: they fans feel, they feel are they' secure. Yep. Where, where if you read science fiction you're superior to <laughs> other people well, well, and well, I, the whole, yeah, I understand like... why someone would go that direction but it's monstrous and you, you shouldn't go that direction and I, 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 I like that I start thinking about this book not as a science fiction book at all and it's reviewed not as a science fiction book but as a fantasy book which is pretty interesting given how uh... it feels when you're reading it huh
4: yeah, I, th- I think it's. A, I, I well, you can make a case for both. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, you do have technology here. You, yep. I mean, Philip Dick does a lot weirder stuff, and he's still called science fiction.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it shouldn't I, be though. I mean, this, it's philosophical. At least there's fiction. an
4: attempt at a scientific explanation of how this. Sure. Um, this
2: but, stuff works. So.
3: But there's but no, just, no explanation yeah, it, of how he got this power in the first place.
2: Yeah. yeah it's weird that he dreams the idea that the aliens exist and he creates them and then later on he they kind of do they, they help him work it out I mean they know the technology so I'm like well, did they you know did they give him this power like are the aliens just part of his dreams or do they exist independently of his dreams there seems to be for me a, no. a bit of a question there if they only appear because of his dreams it's a fantasy book but if they um if they uh are independent of his dreams and know what's going on with his dreams as as presented in the book you know um,
1: it's, it's a fantasy book about a guy dreaming about science fiction yeah. which he's yes. making real so it's both. yeah yeah
0: That's right. <laughs> I, it explicitly does the thing that very few science fiction books do which is calling out the fact that science fiction exists Right? It says, this is like yeah. a sci fi movie mm-hmm. or something. Bro, one of <laughs> to those me, it ones from the 70s. Like she pl- says, in fact, one of those w- ones yeah. from the 70s. And I'm like, she's thinking Star Wars. Wait, wait. This this is from 1971. <laughs> but yeah. that's how good it, d- it is. It feels like.
2: So it feels like a Slaughterhouse Five in that way, where it's uh, yeah. somebody somebody who is bringing in the tropes of you know uh, pulp science fiction into the real world. In that way, it's you know a delusion to help him get over post traumatic stress. And in this one, it's sort of you know whatever's going on in this book. But it's a, it feels very similar to me to uh, to uh, Billy Pilgrim um, in that he, uh, he he do the aliens exist, and if they do, they're going to be stupid aliens, or are they going to be space battle aliens, or whatever's going to go on there. Um, and very, very much like uh, the uh, slaughterhouse five for me.
4: Hmm.
0: Did anybody happen to watch the uh, 1980 TV adaptation? I did. I did not. I didn't rewatch it. I watched it years ago. Mm-hmm. I started rewatching and I, I said, okay, then I got they, they're sort of doing it and they're sort of not. It's one of those scripts where for no reason they change things and then they continued for no reason changing things. His lease is not a 33 years lease; it's a 10 year lease. Um, and it, it's still good. Yeah, I think uh, what what I saw of it, rewatching it, I think it's still a, a good adaptation. Um, I didn't bother watching the Late of Heaven two thousand two remake, where they dropped. I couldn't the, get it. Yeah, it's not. I've uh, I've seen it years ago. They dropped the the, and then they drop all the philosophical stuff in the plot and make it more action oriented, which doesn't make any sense. Uh, um. <laughs> because
3: they think that will quote unquote appeal. Yeah. What, what I found interesting about this remake is that it provides a different interpretation, a different answer to what is happening.
0: Uh, you mean the I movie, mean, the eighty movie? The movie, not the, the eighty movie.
3: Yeah. 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 The the eighty movie kind of posits that this whole thing is maybe possibly, if you look at it, his dying dream as he's dying in a nuclear wasteland, and that
0: it's all fake. I think that that's interpretable here as well, but it's obviously but the, way TV, less. Yeah.
3: Yeah. The, t- the TV movie seems to push that a lot more. The idea that, yeah, this is, this is everything he's thinking about as he's dying in a, in a nuked Portland,
0: mm-hmm. which
3: is apparently looks like Dallas and the, it was apparently filmed in Dallas. So Dallas is sitting in for Portland, which is why we don't see any mountains, which is hilarious. It's like you're in Portland. Where are the bloody mountains? It, it, I mean, it's, it's it's like movies that are set, that are set in New York, but they film it in, like, say, Vancouver, and you see mountains. Like, yeah, no, you can't see right. mountains from New York. That doesn't work. Yeah.
2: The first time I noticed that was I think Rumble in the Bronx, a, a Jackie Chan right. movie, where they're like, hey, yeah. and they go across this bridge, and they have you know, they film a few exteriors, a lot of like helicopter shots of New York, and then you're like, what are those forests in the background? <laughs> it really is that that clear that clear okay so here's a question who here has been to portland i'm raising my hand once i i have i have and mount hood is one of those things which uh, i was like you see it in the distance you're like oh shit what's that mountain (laughs) you know because it sticks up i mean it's not the tallest mountain but it's so prominent there's just nothing else in that direction except this massive massive mountain and as soon as i uh as soon as i read it about mount hood in this book and you know being in the distance in portland i was like oh right that mountain you know it immediately came back to me like one of the you know the the strongest or one of the most prominent things in in uh in portland is a mountain 60 miles away or something like that but it's just so huge it stands out over the city
0: yeah it's it's one of those uh, giant volcanoes that sort of go up and down the west coast uh, yeah
3: did did you notice that since this book was written in 1971, it was written before Mount St Helens erupted? So yeah, there's a, there a mention that. of the topography and about the, about the cone of Mount St Helens. I thought, well, wait a minute, that doesn't look like oh, that anymore. I didn't what? catch that. Uh, That's cool. Very early yeah, it's on. mentioned.
2: It's mentioned twice that Mount, Helens, uh, Mount St Helens is exploded. I think in the book, it, in one of them, it's the it's the volcano that goes off before Mount Hood goes off. But uh, uh, but yeah, it is mentioned if, like twice in this book. I think. I, I, and, wanna, uh, I listen to the audio book, so I can't search for it quickly. Uh,
0: I, I can't see Mount Hood from here, but uh, there's a mountain in, in Washington State that's, uh, I just looked it up, it's 143 miles away, and you can see mm. it from here, which is, is crazy. Is from here? Yeah, yeah Mount Baker.
3: Oh, about Baker. Okay, Baker's pretty big too. It is. I've never it, been it's very much looks the world like it. I yeah, it. it's one of
0: those ones that's it's snowy all winter, uh, snowy all winter and snowy all summer. And you can on a very clear day in the summer, you can totally see it. And, and it doesn't look that far away because it's just so giant. Um, and this, I, I like how it looms over the the book. And mm, I think yeah. I, I, like the front half of this book is so good. And I mean, there's so many touches later as well that are so good that it that's what makes it feel like the classic that i think it is but um i have read some reviews um there's some one of them's even mentioned in the wikipedia entry i'm um, saying that the back half of the novel is sort of out of control um and obviously that fits with the uh with the way the story is I I, I
3: I yeah i think that's a reflection of the story and what's happening as 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 george and the doctor are kind of like battling in control of this power. And so uh, uh, the narrative is going off the rails because the world's going off the rails.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It almost has to. Yeah. Uh, And uh, I think it's needed for the, the theme even. I mean, Mm -hmm. the theme at the end is kind of, we just have to kind of work through the chaos of life. Any any utopia is stuck in that chaos. I mean, I, I think that what, what you have here with George and, Haber are really too bad utopianists, right? Haber maybe tends more towards the bureaucratic state, it's, you know, Soviet model maybe, central planning and, and or really doesn't seem to really have the imagination. That's why everything comes out wrong. Yeah, that is I'm what glad Haber to- accuses them of. So they're both bad utopians. I, I don't right. think this is an anti-utopian novel in that way, but in the end you get this feeling that you you just kind of have to work through his communities, right? So you got like all, like everything messed up at the end, but life goes on, and there's something in that background. I'm glad that you was-
1: said that, because some of the reviews, are sort of like that George is the right, like, his mm-hmm. version of this, um, his way to, like, behave with this power is the right way, just to, like, give up everything and be passive, and I think Ursula K. Le Guin is kind of, like, pointing at that, too, but it's, he's not, they're both bad, utopian sort of ideals. You can't just, like, throw up your hands and not consider any consequences or any actions
0: i want to um point out that uh although we've all probably noticed george's last name um i think we probably all didn't notice oh, yeah. as yeah. well which i'm i'm like this is really obvious his last name is or o-r-r but more importantly yeah. o-r be like if she named him john if it <laughs> would be um, yeah. even yeah. more fitting with science fiction right uh, but that is, of course, what he does, right? Is he <laughs> says, or it could go this way, or or it could go this way, um, and of course Haber. It sounds like it could be a last name, a real last name, a l- lash. That, yeah, sure, maybe they're kind of unusual, but they're they're real names. Um, but Haber is a verb, and it's a yeah. Spanish verb. It's habit, right? And yeah. what I love about it. Is uh, Here's what it says. Uh, the verb is a tricky one, uh, being that it is different from most verbs. However, it's important to get a handle on it sooner or later. And why? Uh, because it allows you to express the existence of something and is an auxiliary verb past participle to form the perfect tense, as in future <coughs> tense, right? So... You combine Or, who's who's basically wishy-washy. He's designed to be wishy-washy, just wants to have a nice life and not really deal with anything, not hurt anybody. And then you've got this guy who's determined to use this to perfect, right? Past perfect, future perfect. It's cute. Yeah. It's a cute little line. And then the the way Lalash is characterized, um, she says it comes from coward um that's that's one interpretation but um there's other other ones for lilash as well um but i i love how she's characterized at the beginning she's like a an insect
3: right? black widow, oh, black widow. spider
0: and yeah and then she calls herself that you know but she also is like the the author's saying you know she click clacked around, you know, she's yeah. got these snaps on her here,
2: purse. And- here is something which I actually thought I'd misheard something in the book, because as it was like, oh whatever he dreams, he changes reality and he dreams about this and changed reality, and I was honestly thinking, oh, is everyone just are everyone just insects now? Is everyone just a bug? Like, is right. it, is, does everyone just look different now? And they literally is a bug, and I it actually took me a while to get around, oh no, she, she just looked like that, she isn't <laughs> actually a bug, because that could have been one of the changes, you know, there's some crazy stuff gets changed around in this book, Everybody's and skin a whaler, few though. The changes okay. yeah uh, not all of the changes are just explained straight away It's like, like and now this has changed it's a lot of it is sort of like you know george or just is experiencing something and then like you know a few paragraphs later it was like oh yeah it never used to be like that or another character's like oh yeah well, it didn't used to be that way did it um and i thought yeah now everyone is an insect was part of the book and it took me a while to work out oh no no that's just that's just the writing <laughs> this and
0: characterization yeah yeah
2: the, and uh, the uh, habit have it as the as the name in. I thought it was a play on the German word to to have. Yeah, um, well, so it is. It's, it's he, the same he route, wants to have. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so, or and have, you know, to have something or not have it. That's right. Yeah.
0: It's it's very interesting. What did everyone...
2: What did everyone think about like the genie and like the like the genie problem where like you ask for something and then they play a tr- you know, not actually getting what you want. But, like the, the conscious mind is ask for something and the subconscious mind get it always gives it, but with a twist, with the, you know, the monk is poor kind of thing. Um, it's ex- 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 uh, that's that's all. What do people think about that kind of side of the story about like what's asked for and what's actually delivered? Kind of interested in that. It's interesting uh so go for it paul
3: yeah because i because i thought that that was a good way to drive the plot like george or is not a perfect dreamer so if he dreams something whether he wants it or Haber wants it it comes out in a way that it isn't quite what you want to so like oh we dream world peace because we all are united against the aliens and we're and even and dreaming uh oh there won't be any more racial problems but that then eliminates a whole swath of uh people including Lalash for a while. And then you cause you have the whole, Oh, what's all overpopulation? Yes. Because we have a plague that killed five, six of humanity. It's, it's like you get what you want, but it's not quite what you want. It, that, so the question, the question that goes back to the question, are the aliens external to George or did he create them? Because in the end they do help him come to a, come to a sense of peace and solving the. Uh, Solving the issue, but is that internally inside of him as character growth, or is that an external uh, aliens ex machina? Which is
4: well, well Paul. Not oh. that we not we not not that we can make aliens, but isn't this the? Hege- I'm not really up on my Hegel, but isn't this Hegelian idea that we work out these these ideas in our in our head as a as a group, as a, as a people, not as individuals necessarily, but as a society, we work out these things through debate and synthesis, uh-huh. antithesis, or, synthesis. or is it? Thesis, antithesis, thesis, and, it's, 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 and it's, then things. Then the point is, it gets made real in in reality. It's something that gets made. So you're going to go from ideas to to reality. So in that sense, if something is dreamed, it can come true. And I think that's dreamed into ter- yeah. point. Bootstra- yeah, bootstrap. So if, if, if our dreams are horrible, though,
2: you know that we can make that real as well. Mm. I, I think this is quite. Uh, Uh, interesting to read this book after after watching the uh, latest latest Avengers movie with Thanos and they're like ah oh, let's yeah. uh, let's uh, solve the uh, solve all the problems of overpopulation it's like well if you've got unlimited power why not give everyone more food or make more land for people to be on or more planets for them to live on it's like nope kill half of all the people and You're like no 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 wait go back <laughs> you have unlimited power you can do literally anything it's like nope kill half the people you know, it's it's a, a similar so I, kind of problem to that his
4: name is Thanos. I got a lot right. I want to <laughs> say about <the> population actually <laughs> OK, um, about. I mean, first, there's like the context, the historical context of this novel itself, 1971. And I was just doing looking up some stuff. So we got the book 1968 Stand on Zanzibar, which is um, John Brunner, which is a popular novel about overpopulation. Um, 1966, we have Harry Harrison's Make Room, Make Room, which so was like filmed in yeah. the movie Soylent Green. Uh, The Population Bomb, which was nonfiction, was published in 1968, and this was Paul Ehrlich's prediction that eventually we're going to have a Malthusian crisis. Um, And that's essentially the argument, right? The Malthusian crisis is coming, you know, thanks thanks to overpopulation, right? Mm -hmm. Now, as for uh, Star Trek, I can think of at least two episodes that deal with this. One is The Mark of Gideon. That was 1969, which Mm -hmm. I think that's one where Kirk... Is asked by this planet that's overpopulated to bring a disease in because that population that planet got rid of disease. So Kirk's supposed to wipe out that. And then there's the conscience of the king, which is really the Thanos argument, where there was a guy on a planet who killed half the population randomly because there was a food crisis on that planet. Now, sorry to to go on about this,
0: but uh, uh, is there one Leguiz- more Star Trek episode where they have? Uh- they have uh, wars, but they're simulated wars, so we dropped uh, bombs on you. Now you have to go into the destructor box, and this is just to keep the population in check after... Uh, or, or maybe it's not for population I, I don't think
3: purposes. it was population, but it's more a way of just rationalizing war. You're right. That, that's yeah. the way... It, I know what I have to about really talk about. It. Yeah, and right, it's people having war without
0: the, the actual collateral damage, right? Yeah. Environmental but, damage.
4: The is not... Is, she's a bit of a Malthusian... Two at times. It certainly comes off a bit in this. She just takes for granted overpopulation is going to be, its crisis, is going to make life horrible. Mm-hmm. Like too many people is going to make life horrible. But even in the dispossessed, both Urus, Urus is I think basically overpopulated as I recall. Iran is, has a, is not as many people live on there, but it's having a Malthusian crisis, too. There's starvation, and you know, people are have to die because there's not enough food, and this is, you know, even though it's anarchist, it has to make decisions who's going to live who's going to die. So, I think that's in the backdrop of the history of an heiress. So Le Guin herself is kind of onto this population thing, too. Of course, it never happens, right? And Yet. it seems like the problem with these Malthusians and the new generation of Malthusians is they only see people as consumers. Mm-hmm. They never see people as producers. Mm-hmm. And so all the calculus of Malthus is that there's, you know, people just can consume, right? And they don't add any value to societies. That's one thing I really am bothered by. It was such a overall, I think, a optimistic thinker. She bought into this, this, well, this fad of Malthusianism did she buy in the into it?
0: It's interesting because what yeah. happens is he buys into it, right? He says mm-hmm. we're overpopulated, and he, you know, although it's set somewhere in the future, seemingly early
3: twenty first century, basically, right? It seems to
0: be right. Um, it's, it's psychology is that of the seventies. Um, so he buys into it for a while. Um, and then, actually it's not even him, it's Haber, right? It's not a war, it's Haber. Haber,
3: Yeah, yeah, Haber convinces him to do the overpopulation
0: fix. Haber is kind of, is kind of, that's why I really dug about the first half of the book, is there, it's, it's kind of interesting as the... People say this. It's all about power, right? It's all about, you know, power groups and checking privileges, right? So he's he's a, he's got the diploma on the wall. It, it, it doesn't befit his dignity to say, next! You know, even though the, there's a, you know, he could perfectly do that. So he has a little device on his desk, and he has a document on his wall, a diploma on his wall, that gives the patient's confidence and him confidence. That's explicitly in the book. And... It, what does it do? It turns him into an asshole, right? Into yeah. a user, a guy who doesn't treat his patients only as, you know, subjects to heal, but as, in this case, somebody to use, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it explicitly comes up in this book. It, I don't think Kant's name is ever mentioned. I just did an OCR on the uh, the serialization, so I'm going to see if I can find it means to an end do you remember that phrase from this book
2: yeah yeah
3: yeah
0: but what if there is no end isn't it that's the that's so all we have is the means right means yeah. to an end so um Kant's categorical imperative goes something like this uh well no that's not exactly how it is but it go uh, the, the the takeaway is that um you don't use people as a means to an ends. people are ends in themselves if you do that mm. then you're being moral and i, I i'm i'm not one to subscribe to one particular morality and just apply that as a you know universally because i think you can make mistakes there but this is pretty damn good so if you say yeah i'm gonna lie to you in order to uh use you to do some end that i want then i am committing a kind of a crime a, a moral crime against you uh now the thing is is that's what Haber's doing. And he never, I mean, he the other thing that he's doing that's sort of related to this is gaslighting him, right? He says, um, uh, no, it's you who's crazy. Uh, well, I, I'm not doing that. And then when he's confronted against it, he he tries to keep the gaslighting up. And George Orr goes to try and get his civil rights, you know, uh, fixed yeah. to his lawyer, and the lawyer's like, okay, let's sort this out. And then, yeah, she is the proof that he's not crazy, quite crazy, right? And, and that's, I think, that, that relationship, the dynamic between Orr and his, his psychotherapist is the heart of the struggle of the book, is who's in charge of your own dreams, Who's gonna control what you do at night? This is a very, um, if it was a expanded out, it's a dystopian book, right? If if you met like at the beginning of the book, uh, his punishment for using other people's drug cards is is very mild, right? So as long as you're not you know you know doing bad things with it, and just overusing it yourself, you just need to go to mandated therapy, right? That makes sense. But I love the fact that everybody has their own drug card, right? Everybody has one. This is actually a utopian thing. The government, yeah. government, uh, you know, just you just have to have the card. You go show up to the and they're automated drug drug machines, right? They're I mean, the fact that they they're using them is kind of a problem, but you know,
2: drugs. It, are yeah, tough. it feels a bit. It feels a bit brave new world in that way, just a little bit, you know, with everyone, a little bit, yeah. everyone on. Uh,
0: but not not completely. It's a very but just the mild. Society, yeah, it but it is a drug. In.
2: It is a drug-based utopia or dystopia at that point. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I just think protein
4: you- malnutrition, yeah. right? Protein rations and things. Uh, I mean, is
0: that definitely... right away though? Is that is that? No, that's oh, yeah, right away. You're right. not food. That's right. It
2: starts off with lots of bad climate change. Change no no uh, no ice or snow on any mountaintop right. of anywhere. Which for me feels you know um, in terms of the Modern. physics of that <laughs> feels. <me. laughs> no it feels a bit off you know because it doesn't matter how uh, like those the tops of those mountains will be covered in snow it's just, that's just how cold it is up there that won't melt up there further down of course the glaciers will melt but uh, uh, I think Everest will have snow on the top of it for a long time that's not going anywhere um, but uh, but yeah yeah climate change malnourishment you know Malthusian not enough food to go around kind of stuff that's all at the very start
0: I want to read this part they, here it, this is from uh, end of chapter one Uh, You'll feel better in two or three hours, the medic said, but stay in today. Anyhow, downtown's all tied up. The GPRT drivers are trying another strike, and the National Guard's trying to run the subway trains, and the news says it's one hell of a mess. Stay stay put. I gotta go. I walk to work, damn it. Ten minutes from here, the state housing complex down on Macadam. The bed jounced as he stood up. You know, there's 260 kids in that one complex suffering from Quashicor, all low-income, basic support families, and they're, they aren't they are getting protein. And what the hell am I supposed to do about it? I've been, put in five different rec, recs, requests, for minimal protein ration for these kids, and they don't come. It's all red tape excuses. People on basic support can't afford to buy sufficient food. They keep telling me, sure, but what if the food isn't there to buy? Ah, the hell with it. I'll give them vitamin C shots and try to pretend that starvation is scurvy. That that's brutal. <laughs> so it and, it's a positive and negative, right? All wrapped up together. And it, at least they they have unions. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. And well, I
4: think it'd be hard to. It was before Reagan, so yeah. There's a lot of uh, this is this novel is actually very much of the 70s I think not just in the population it feels
0: very much 70s um, fanatics,
4: but like the Snick reference and you know actually that logo I don't know if you guys seen it I can send it to you the logo of of the white hand and the black hand shaking mm-hmm. that, the, the Snick logo and the, that's actually referenced when Heather and George are shaking hands at the end of one chapter
0: right. Um,
4: it was almost like filmable. Like if it was a movie, you could zoom in and then yeah, open up and they did that. logo. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, what else? Oh, like I sent you this, Jesse. I thought yeah, that was chapter nine. I thought right. they were referencing uh, uh, I'm not a merchant anymore. But then I wonder if there's another anti-war song. Maybe I misidentified it. Um, Phil Oaks, I thought it was. I'm not a merchant anymore. But there was that kind of anti-war movement is really on the backdrop of some of the later chapters here. So it's it's kind of a nice piece of like the end of the 60s.
2: Mhm. I also think it's a bit of a, a, a like a it, it also looks at the simplistic way of sort of like when the whole the whole idea of like oh wish for peace on earth and then there's you know war in space and that kind of thing like no, nobody's going to kill each other and things like that. Um, I think it kind of shows up some of the some of the simplistic thinking of the anti-war movement. Uh, not simplistic thinking, but sort of like uh, lampooning that as sort of like oh let's just all not fight you know or let's all just all just get along. It's yeah the world's a bit more complicated than that. I mean that's what I take away from some of those scenes of the the anti-war dreams and uh, alternative um ways the world works there i'm not I found, sure how much of that is in well, the novel though
0: i found one of these quotes uh where he ta- it shows how what you know it, it even in the in the movie adaptation you don't come away feeling like haber's a, a fucking asshole Um, As much as you think, oh, he's misguided, right? But actually, he is an asshole. He is exactly, these are the kind of assholes that are hard to detect at first. But listen to this. This is um, on page 15 of the PDF I made. Haber glanced up at the clock. The whole business had only taken a couple of minutes. Good. He didn't like to waste time on means getting to desired ends was a thing while or was lay while or lay staring at his imaginary crystal ball haber got up and began fitting him with a modified tran cap constantly removing and replacing it to be the tiny this is after he shoved like his thumb into his neck and knocked him out right mm-hmm. uh that is <laughs> that is yeah he has the consent form but not—it's not a consent to do anything, right? It's just for the—that's the like obviously the abuses of hypnosis or whatever that are in this world. That hypnosis is often used as a as a device in in any science fiction before the 60s. Um, you know, it, Heinlein uses it a lot to make their soldiers ready for battle or whatever it is, or you know, you learn language in your sleep, sort of hypnosis. Here they've at least put in the consent. You know, you you have to consent to something that is an invasive thing. But that's the only thing you consent to. Do. And and his lawyer, Lalash, is like, okay, you haven't signed anything else. Now we have we have a possible case here, right? He's experimenting on you. And yeah, and when the, she's oh, go for it.
1: Oh well, when she's there in the office, like um. He doesn't look like an asshole because he hides it, but there's that moment where he realizes she has seen uh, what he's really doing, and he has that thought of, like, okay, I'll have to get violent now and, like, shut her up with violence. But then she kind of rejects the, you know, the second reality, and he's like, okay, that's cool. We can can just carry on with this fake. But yeah, for a moment, it looks like he's going to either hurt her or shut her down some way.
2: Yeah, he's not a he's I I've just looked at a few of the reviews on on uh, on Goodreads and where people are saying oh it's sort of like morally ambiguous and I'm like and no. it's the same kind of argument that I saw again about the the Thanos movie or the Avengers movie it's sort of like oh yeah you know Thanos said, like why don't they but it's so on the face of it for me it's so comically evil that like he's a comically evil bad guy that I don't understand how people think it's there's even a moral gray area in with this guy um well i'm not yeah, saying that the, the one of those, i'm not saying george or represents the correct point of view but uh i don't think this is a uh, I don't think this is a anyone is or any any part of this book is sympathetic to anything that uh, that harbour does at all what,
0: yeah why, do you know the, what
1: it is it's he's so real that's why it's like that's because evil and now and in reality doesn't look like it does and movies and fiction novels with like you know he's actually um he's so real to like what actually evil people do where they have like this you know they think they're on the right path and no matter what happens they have the right way it's got to work everything just a
2: it's just belligerent forcing yeah. through of what's going on. And if it means that you're going to have to punch a lawyer and knock her out or dispose of her in some way, so right. I'm like, yep, yeah, that's that's just going to be part of it. But, like, why does he wait to do the to do the massive eugenics like kill one sixth, no, l- only leave alive one sixth of the Earth population or whatever it is? Why does he do that when he has a witness? I mean... It, it, it seems he, like well, he didn't think she would remember. Arrogance but,
0: is what it is. Yeah, but
2: as I say, it just shows just how utterly, yeah, like, pathetic his arrogance is, like, how belligerent he it is. It's just like, oh, yeah, this is this is going to be the biggest change where, like, the most people die, that we're going to solve overpopulation. And he does it with a witness and just sort of like, a, oh, mm. oh, I guess I will now anyway. And then... It um, reminds
4: me of... No, look, I don't agree so, with that uh,
2: reading, actually. Um, except what reading?
4: I, that, that reading that he, he was... Intentionally at that moment, murdering five, six. Of no, and, you know,
0: that was He not was a, just yeah.
4: introducing into Orr's mind the problem of overpopulation. It was Orr who could only think of a solution to overpopulation being.
2: No, uh, I don't think like so. It. He he seemed to be he seemed to be that was like I don't think all had that much of a uh, an issue with overpopulation or not overpopulation. I mean, it was a big issue in the world, but it didn't seem like a bigger issue for all than other people. No. And but I think Hubbard had this had a lot of these plans in mind, and he just kept no. But Haven never it, like,
4: put the solution to these into right. It. No, yeah, it was no,
2: his that did that. He seems he seems completely happy with all of the solutions. Otherwise, yes. his next his next his next dream thing would be to undo the previous bad solution but it never is it's like let's just move on to the next problem move on to the next yeah. problem move on to
0: so, the next one so the, there's two things that are going on so one is that that's how the establishment is they're always satisfied with the way things are and what does he do he gets he gets he's esta- he's satisfied at the beginning of the novel and then guess what now he's the head of the institute right his his office is bigger and you know his his car is is bigger right everything about his life is just getting better and better everyone else's life is going to shit or changing or dis- okay. people are just disappearing and at one point he in that when he's recalling you know what 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 or did he says my own wife and child died in that right but he he's still good with it right he's good with whatever happens because he's the one who's in control he's the one in power i've got this on page 31 of the pdf listen to this the, one of the reasons people are confused as to why haber is uh maybe it's morally ambi- ambiguous whether he's a bad guy is because or is having he he's being tricked right he doesn't know that he's he's confronted an asshole he's sort of convinced now, listen to this um well, are the dreams he suggests morally repugnant to you? He he's not not an evil man. He he means well. What I object to is his using me as an instrument, a means, even if the ends are good. I can't judge him my own dreams had immoral effects. That's what I'm tired uh, that's what I tried to suppress with the drugs and got into this mess. And I want to get out of it, to get off the drugs, to be cured, but he's not curing me, he's encouraging me that the means to an end, it's explicitly comes up again and again. Um, but yeah, more importantly, um, the fact that he's not an evil man, yeah, it's hard to see sometimes that people are evil, like b- being evil is using someone as a means to an end, but yeah, it, 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 it doesn't uh, feel like that when you're, you're getting lied to a, by somebody who's trying to sell you something, you say, Oh, they're not evil you know you're rationalizing for them because you understand totally. it's just, people have to it's work it's an abuse
1: it's an abusive relationship where he's just like he's yeah. in it and he's just gonna <laughs> make excuses but he's he's like he means well and he's then lovely they say,
0: and they lie to you right that that's the mm-hmm. gaslighting they say no it's not me who's crazy that never happened i never said that right mm. and, and that's fucking that's the most insidious evil shit because it yeah. works, people do question their own sanity. They do say, "Well, maybe I misread the situation," and that's how they s- stay in abusive relationships, right? That the other person can dominate their thought, and this yeah. is a guy who can't even get away in his sleep. Yeah, I, I was
2: I was wondering about the, what's keeping him going back to it. Is it because he has to keep going back for the because the law is saying. Uh, it, you know, is saying he's uh, you know he has to go back for this involuntary. Oh, no, is it compulsory? Vol- dream? Vol- yeah, voluntary
3: therapy, BTT.
2: But if he doesn't go, it becomes compulsory. So it might as well be compulsory anyway. So there's kind of a little trap there. For I him. think he goes, but to also prison and then and then he doesn't get yeah. the drugs he needs, which is his whole point, right? So it isn't. So it's it's compulsory voluntary therapy in the first place. Um, but then he. Uh, But then he, um, uh, also is like, is he being, um, is he being hypnotized into coming back as well? Is that part of it? You know, sort of like,
0: oh no, I'm. This is good. You know, it's all. And he starts blaming himself if things that go hypn- wrong. It is that, that yeah. hypnosis into coming back doesn't happen while he's under. It happens while he's oh, under, right. right. It's it's uh, him oh, saying yeah, yeah. So he doesn't know that. Yeah. So he's he's not aware of him being hypnotized
2: to come back and to, to, to but, not uh, have problems with what it's going not on.
0: actual hypnosis. Right. It's it's just the persuasiveness of his doctor. Right. The guy with the diploma hmm. on the wall. I don't, think, I don't think there's any evidence that you know, we're, there's a part of the text that we're not seeing that indicates that he's literally being tricked into coming back. He's being tricked into coming back by the fact that his guy, the guy seems like he's trying to do something. And I do have this problem and I've got this external pressure. He, what does he say? He wants another doctor, right? He wants yeah. help. He wants help. He just doesn't want help from this guy.
4: It'd be cool to see what a medical ethicist had to say about this book. Indeed. I thought about that several times reading this. You know, the the power of the I, mean, I was know it's just one guy, but you know, you could Haber could be the entire like mental health profession. Especially again back in the sixties and seventies when you had all this anti psychiatry thinking and Irving Goffman's book on asylums out, all that uh, basically yeah. saw these you know, mental health professionals as basically authoritarian figures that's
1: basically um he's like the the modern scientologist yeah,
4: yeah. i mean dick thought this too I'm, I'm convinced
0: i want to read here's another quote he's not a mad scientist or thought dully he's a pretty sane one or he was it's the chance of power that my dreams give him that twists him around he keeps acting apart and this gives him such an awfully big part to play so that's so that now he's even now he's even his science as a means and not an end, but his ends are good, aren't they? He wants to improve life for humanity. Is that wrong? His head was aching again, right? And then he goes to his um, Heather Lalash, who's you know like, no, I I think you have a case, right? This is this is uh, definitely. I mean, he's right. He's right to go to the police. He's right to go to a lawyer. Uh, he he is being abused and that that's so subtle the fact that not everybody sees that this is an abusive relationship um is because it's it it is the subtlety of leguin versus the the hammer of uh nancy kress oh my god what a difference <laughs> yeah so you brought up Philip K. Dick there,
2: and I joked yeah. that this is uh, Philip. This is definitely the most Philip K. Dick novel um, of Ursula K. Le Guin. I've I've read other novels of her, but like fantasy stories mm-hmm. or you know more of her mm-hmm. dispossessed left hand of darkness novels. This is the first time I think I've read anything by her, which is like so Philip K. Dick, sort of out Philip K. Dicking Philip K. Dick. If it reminded me a lot of is it Ubik, where there is a similar mm-hmm. kind of changing reality. Um it
1: reminded me of yeah. uh, maze of death with the like vanishing oh. buildings and mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. the river yeah and yeah, stuff. The, yeah the different worlds yeah but i think it's ubik where they can like just ju- the, the when something changes it changes all the way through into the past as well you know when something oh, when something yeah. when something is there it has it has always been there you know it's not just it's there now but it hasn't always been there but it has always been there but I, it's a long time ago that i read this but i was getting a lot of Philip K Dick vibes off of this book <laughs>
1: Isn't um, that intentional? Did I read that that this was kind of like her sort of like a tribute to him, or
0: yeah, like, yeah. So on the yeah, because didn't entry.
1: they go to school together? As yeah. I recall,
0: yeah, yeah, I but they the never
2: met school. At school. They never met at school. He was a year older. They never met, and she didn't remember him until it came. Like she was like watching an interview or read something about him or something mm. like that. It's like, oh, we were at the same school, and um, she only knows for sure because his his uh, his name was in the yearbook. Mm. Um, even though it's <laughs> without the picture or something. But no, they never actually met or did anything at school together. They just happened to be uh, the,
0: uh, at the same school at the same time. Right, I'll it's read uh, from the Wikipedia entry here on uh, the Lathe of Heaven. It says, in his biography of Dick, Lawrence Sutton described Le Guin as having, quote, long been a staunch advocate of Phil's talent. According to Sutton, the Lathe of Heaven was, by her own acknowledgement, marked... Uh, marked uh, markedly influenced by dick's 60s works and then philip k dick is a quote uh, about this book which is nice uh one of the best novels and most important to understand the nature of our world is ursula Le Guin's lathe of heaven in which the dream universe is articulated in such a striking and compelling way that i hesitate to add any further explanation to it it requires <laughs> which is <laughs> um, i think we are in danger of breaking the book by taking it apart too much because it is very effective i think Mm -hmm. however um another angle and another author that i thought would be interesting to approach i will mention in in a moment what i want to point out is how different it is from dick so Mm -hmm. this feels like a dick plot right in a, a little bit but here's here's what's missing there's no humor in this book Dick is all about the jokes, right? About these funny situations, mm-hmm. these funny little weird. Like he could have done the the Heather Lalash uh, clicky clickiness. He he, uh, he didn't mention her boobs, which is obviously uh, <laughs> a, a major miss. She should
1: mis- have had an yes, and thick clicky boobs. Her clicky boobs.
0: Yeah. Uh, polished <laughs> with a sheen of uh, you know, <laughs> tightness.
2: Uh, Can I disagree? Uh, Can I, dis- I, th- I found I found parts of this book quite amusing there isn't like the jokes yeah. and stuff like yeah. the fun, oh, funny yes. wordplay so much as as philip k dick but like just the just the time when um Herbert discovers that there's that the that the world has changed and you know he looks up there and it's like yes of course it's a horse on the wall you know of course it's a horse you know i told you to think about dreaming about a horse because there's a horse on the wall like that and it's like of course there's not a mountain and then all of that scene i think is very funny because it's it's somebody doubting themselves in a in a very fun I don't know, fun and clever way. I, I think mm-hmm. there's there is humor in the book. There's not jokes in the book, and there's not as much fun wordplay and quirky situations. But I do think I don't think it's uh, mirthless. I don't think it's done no, all very straight. It, just, just, just the the yeah. aliens talking out their elbows. It's
0: just it's just a funny it's scene. Cute. You know, I love those
2: things. Yeah, it's cute. Um, but
0: but the the difference is is you know you can tell this was not re- written by Philip K. Dick. The the focus on the on the power dynamic as as a as a horror is not the way Philip K. Dick would have gone. He can have a a horrible dictator, but you feel sympathy for him in a way that you would never feel in this book for for Haber. I I don't think. You shouldn't feel sympathy for him anyways. But um, uh, the other thing you point out, Luke, is that horse. I want to talk about that horse some more. Uh, First of all, Philip uh, means horse lover. So that's not completely (laughs) out of the question. And the main character is kind of like PKD. He's taking too many drugs... He's, uh, you know, his relationship with women is off a little bit. But note also at the beginning when we find out about about how George Orr lives his life, he he tries to have casual relationships with women and men, right? The homosexuality that goes on in here, um, and the sort of the the coolness with dope and and uh, it's very advanced, like 1971. A lot of science fiction is like this. You know, you've got sort of no fear of homosexuality or bisexuality or anything like that. It's, it's, it's very cool to see a book this old still actually relatively uh, clean in terms of, um, you know, the morality is good.
2: Yeah, it's not problematic. There's so many books which you would read back like you and you're talking about uh, Heinlein a few weeks ago mm-hmm. on the podcast. You're just like, oh, should we Should we read this? Should I give this to somebody to read it? And And this one <laughs> and this one, you're like, oh, yeah, no problem. You know, this is like there There are some there is some wording somewhere. I'm just like, that's just a very 70s or 60s or 70s way of talking about that. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the attitude behind it is a, is feels a lot more
0: feels a lot more modern. But the, uh, the, the fact that the society is is seems cool with it, too. Yeah, he's like that makes well, it think, feel like a twenty-first century book, you know. But if, think
2: about it. Of course, the society is cool with his homosexuality because he created that society. Like that's
0: his. That's his thought. Uh, that's I'm, his not sure, I'm not. Sure. I think. I think the nuclear war that kicks off the book, right? It's not clear that it's a nuclear war that's going on at first. But uh, he says, rereading, it, it's like the radiation. You know, <laughs> he's coming yeah. out of it. He's coming out of it. Obviously, it's set a little bit in the future. So. I was assuming that most of the changes that happen are not um, based on his his changing the reality as a whole. He's just sort of undoing problems, um, and then things mutate, right? And I love I love the psychology of the horse and the and the mountain. Um, Mount Hood looms over the whole book, right? And what happens later on is it starts erupting, which is perfect. Uh, you know to go with the psychology right everything's beneath the surface right it looms large that evidence of of explosion happened evidence of volcanic activity uh looms large in in our presence it's there right out the window but only when haber starts getting upset <laughs> like really upset with the way uh, Oh, Sorry, where Ora gets upset with the way Haber's yeah. treating him, and he, his his solution is not to, you know, confront him and give him a punch in the face. It's to hide, to run away to his cabin, right? And that's really cool. And then get this. What's the name of the horse? He says, that's mm-hmm. a painting of the Triple Crown winner. There's another one on the radio this morning.
3: Yeah, first but time First time in a few it's years. It's Tammany um, yeah.
0: Hall. And tell- Tam. Tammany, Tammany Hall. Tammany Hall. Now, if you're not oh, an yeah. American, you're not familiar with American history. What is Tammany or New York Hall? New York City history. Right. Uh, well, this Tammany Hall it sort of has negatives and positives, mostly negatives, and it's remembered for its negatives. Boss Tweed, <laughs> who ran Tammany Hall, uh, was a ran a corrupt and efficient political machine based on patronage and graft, aka corruption. Right. So, what is this guy got a horse on his wall? It's a, a horse of corruption, right? Hmm. Now, who's creating that horse? Is it, is he, is, is, or naming it in his dream and then it goes up on the wall? Or when the world settles down, when he comes out of the dream, does it pop into the head of Haber? It's fascinating to think about how, if you don't treat it as a, a sort of a simple fantasy book, but treat it as a science fiction, like, is his brain creating all the backstories for everybody on the whole Earth? That'd be pretty fucking weird, right? And then start thinking I always about felt that. It, wow.
2: It's, I was, go for it. Sorry, I, I, it's just when you are saying, is he creating it, I always thought it felt like he was choosing between different you know, quantum f- state futures. I don't know the, That's, the, yeah, all the science he kind of thing. It feels like he's picking a timeline rather than creating a timeline from, from scratch. But I know he's picking sense, some wi- wildly improbable timelines. Yeah,
0: he or he's changing uh, the
2: dimension. He's switching yeah, dimensions, right? Switching to somewhere else. I know it's 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 difficult to for me it's difficult to to know it, to to explain it exactly. But yeah, I don't feel like he's he's creating these futures and filling everything in. He's he's picking a timeline. I don't know. That's I don't know. It's just how
0: it felt for me. It, it also isn't felt that like H- oh, go for it.
1: Haber... isn't that what how Haber um explained it?
0: Yes, that is how Haber explains it. He he right. says but he, what does he know? That's I'm saying. Does yeah, exactly it, but, exactly. it feels almost as if I was wondering, he's, he's he's confabulating it as he's saying it. You know, when mm-hmm. Haber says, "It's," I mean, this is what we do all the time anyways. And that that's why this is so interesting. This is a book about dream, which is a fucking mysterious thing. I mean, I had dreams last night about doing this podcast. And <laughs> now it's happening. It's not going exactly as I thought. There's less Lego involved. But then what was in the dream? But uh, you know, I was explaining things, and then and then things go differently. The the amazing thing about dream is it's absolutely necessary, and it's completely mysterious, and it's also completely unnecessary, seemingly, because why do we not remember it? But you, we've all had, I'm sure, we've all had the feeling where you wake up in the morning, and you say, now was that a dream or did I? Is that real? And then it takes sure. a minute.
1: All those, those ones where you're really, you just feel angry at someone all day because you had a dream about sure. having an argument with them or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it stresses you wake up stressed out, right? And you wake yeah. up on the wrong side mm-hmm. of the bed. But you you get the feeling, right, that uh, at at that moment of coming out of the dream and wondering whether what is the reality. I mean, it surprises me sometimes to hear my own name, right? Like, my name is Jesse? 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 Who's that? Oh, that's me, right? It takes a minute for me to figure out. Like, oh, okay. So I exist, even if my identity is destroyed. And and that coming out of the reality, say, what really happened? Was is this memory I have from the dream? And then and we see that when when Haber is sort of explaining away the painting on his wall, he has this sense that he doesn't fully share that. That is not normal, right? That it used to be a view of Mount Hood, and mm-hmm. and that is totally dreamlike and and fascinating. So the the influence on, of Dick is important, I think, on this book. It it would have been totally different had he written it. The power dynamic thing would have been not the focus, and there would be a hell of a lot more uh, comedy, out and out comedy, is my thinking. Um, I mean, he did do some serious books, you know, Man in the High Castle is not full of jokes. But uh, given the material and the possibilities here, uh, and just the period, I would would have guessed that it would have been a, a. Yeah, I guess it's more like his '70s works than his '60s works in that sense. But mm. um,
1: yeah, it doesn't have that. Like when you read a Philip K. Dick book, sometimes you can you can imagine him like sitting there with a kind of smirk uh, on his face, uh, like just uh, totally enjoying it. It doesn't have that kind of feel to no, it. No,
0: not at all. This is, it. Feels much more um, uh, dignified. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, she's, she's trying to be quite philosophically
4: sophisticated, I guess. I mean, yeah. she puts the Zhuangzi as the epigraph of each chapter.
0: Yes, there's uh, um, uh, no, there's other quotes, there's too. It's not just one. that. Qu- oh, yeah, there's
4: K- Wells in one, but it's the Taoists who were on most of them.
0: Do, yeah. do you guys Can know I, uh, she
4: did the translation of the Laozi? No. no. She I, did. I she only saw that Chinese. on
2: Wikipedia there.
4: Yeah, but she did... I think she took like a literal translation. Worked with Chinese speakers and ah. other translations. She did her own translation of, of the Laoz. Really, I didn't um, know that. but oh. she quotes here mostly from the Zhuangzi, which uh, is actually a better book. Um,
0: so uh, I, I, I just she does Victor Hugo. Sick, she does a bunch of a bunch of different folks. Yeah. But the, you're right that that is the predominant one. But Can I. I uh, Sure. Sorry, carry
2: on. Oh, no, I just wanted to say that these quotes at the beginning of the, of the chapters is uh, literally my least favorite part of the entire book is the one thing mm-hmm. that I really hated about the book because it, oh. there's too many of them so on the nose, like, yes. you know, sort of like what dreams may come, blah, 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 you know, all these different kind of things. And it's just too, it's like the book itself is kind of, kind of a bit prescriptive or a bit like, I wouldn't say preachy, but it's like it's kind of so clear what's going on in a way. And then these quotes that are put on the front, I'm just going like, in what universe are these quotes mm. still relevant? Are these, mm. like, if these quotes are from in the universe that this person is reading about, why aren't these quotes changing? Like, why isn't sort of like halfway through the book, like Shakespeare talking about, I don't know, bug people and aliens. Like, why, isn't, <laughs> like, why aren't those quotes being changed? within the world itself and it kind of annoyed me that 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 that, w- that wasn't happening and every single time i got to the start of a chapter i was taken out of the story yeah. by these you know quotes right. from wells and stuff like that mm-hmm. it's wasn't it really it was wasn't good a, for me i really well, didn't they're not
3: in universe
4: they're not in universe yeah. yes i know okay. and, and no, epigraphs are in our universe technically well i have I the in, in front of me and um I you know she, she certainly read the whole thing i'm, I'm convinced um, there, there's a passage here, so we got four guys talking, and one of them says, "Who can look upon non-being as his head, uh, on life as his back, and on death as his rump?" They say, "Who knows that life and death, existence and annihilation, are all a single body?" I will be his friend. The four men look around at each other and smile. There's no disagreement, and they all became friends. All at once, Master Yu felt ill. Master C went over and was amazing. Said Master Yu, "The creator is making me all crookedly like this." My back sticks up like a hunchback. My vital organs are on top. My chin is hidden on my navel, and my shoulders are up on my head, and my pigtail points to the sky. It must be some dislocation of the yin and yang. Yet he seemed calm at heart and unconcerned. Dragging himself haltingly to the well, he looked at the reflection and said, Oh, my eye, so the Creator is making me all quickly like this. Do you resent it? asked Master si. Why, no, why would I resent it? If this process continues, perhaps in time, he'll transfer my left arm into a rooster. In that case, I'll keep watch on the night. Or perhaps in time, he'll transfer my right arm into a crowbar pellet, or I'll shoot down an oil for roasting. Or perhaps in time, he'll transfer my buttocks into a cartwheel. Then I, with my spirit for a horse, I'll climb up for a ride. I receive life because the time has come. I will lose it because it's the order of things Pass on. Be content with this time and dwell on this order, and then neither sorrow nor joy can touch you. In ancient times, this was called freeing of the bond. So it's a long quote from the Zhuangzi, but the idea is you accept kind of the life that comes to you. It I mean, everyone in the universe, except for George and Hater, is experiencing what's talked about here, it seems.
2: Right? The, mm-hmm. Right. The but world. I hate- I hate that quote I hate that those quotes are in the book that's what I'm saying it could be exactly correct it could be exactly what the yeah. book is trying to say I just hate that they're there telling me yeah it, and, it feels, and oh. guiding and guiding me into the book in that way I find it very very unsatisfying
1: It's um, like I, again it, um, I don't
2: disagree with it I don't disagree with it it's just that it's just not Yeah
1: for me. they're great but it's like the author it's like it feels like breaking the fourth wall where she's like hey kids, here's what I'm thinking with this chapter mm-hmm. like sort mm-hmm. of Yeah
2: yeah exactly it, yeah. it it, it kind of spoiltly affected the book. I found it was much more interesting when the characters were kind of realizing this stuff or coming to some conclusions themselves, and then suddenly we have a you know we have a Taoist quote or a Shakespeare quote or this, you know there's or lots the Beatles of Beatles
0: when it shows up right. So uh, yeah. all, uh, when it when it when it's within I mean start the novel with it, but don't don't start every chapter with it. it, it she was making it a, a greater book by doing those quotes, and I like the quotes. I just don't like them in in there intruding on yeah. the on the narrative. Yeah. If they
1: were at the back or the front or merged into the story, it would be perfect. Sure,
0: and merged yeah. into the story, some of them are right, but they're not the mm-hmm. they're the pop ones, right? Um, or you know the fact that Immanuel Kant's never explicitly called out, but his words are used as the philo- guiding philosophy for um, yeah. running. it. that's is more subtle. I like, yeah. that. um, I like that. I
2: like that. Or I mean, if, if, if we're talking about Philip K. Dick in *The Man in the High Castle*, there's there's all of the I I can't remember what the book is. What's what's the book that they have where they're all casting yeah, the, casting. Yeah, I Yeah, that's the I Ching. Um, So it it keeps going back to that and back to that and back to that. And I find that, you know that's for me is the is a, a more satisfying way because it's in the story and as the reality changes in that story as someone goes from the the world of the the book in the book into our modern world and is is passing through and then you know sees the uh what is it the overpass down in san francisco and it's like what's that down there we don't have motorways or or you know what's ever going on there um all of that because it's within the book it feels like the characters are, are learning from those quotes within the book or learning from that stuff within the book was here yeah it just seems like slapped on top like I I didn't yeah Yeah, breaking the fourth wall is the best way
1: yeah you're making me think of how cool it would be if some of those quotes and stuff had been in the story but were warping and changing like you know from well-known quotes to something like just totally absurd as well
0: and
2: I, yeah, that's I what was... I said. If if those quotes at the beginning of each chapter had been at, at the beginning of each chapter, not within the story, but had been changing along with the realities mm-hmm. in the book as well, that that's what I'd have really liked. You know? Yeah,
1: like I wouldn't have recognized all of them, but if they were like really well known ones that were just yeah. getting absurd, that would have been great.
2: Well, the easy way of showing that would have been with the Beatles. Like, here's the Beatles song, Get By With A Little Help From My Friends, and here's another one, you yeah. know, uh, Hey June. <laughs> so and here's cool. another one. Uh, and then have, like, four or five, like uh, like three or four albums, which the, uh, the Beatles never, never recorded, and just, like, yeah. list those off as well. You know, like their 1962 album, you know, Shotgun... A funeral or something like that and you're like <laughs> and then you're like oh right so this is this is this is a different way
1: still uh, should have hired us as
2: editors well I don't know <laughs> again it's only it, it was only at the start of each chapter that's that was like right. my main that was my big only big complaint about the book and it, because it's not within the story I could kind of forget it but I again I, I think it was it definitely diminished the book quite a lot my enjoyment of the book quite
0: a lot it, every, single, every single
2: chapter I was taken out of it
0: Paul, I want to ask if you remember I think Marissa you might know too I don't think you were with us, Evan Wasn't there a Philip mm-hmm. K. Dick novel that did that, that that had quotes at the beginnings of every chapter and then they were yeah, all twisted yeah. They were I like there was. They were like that's mostly amazing, right and it's, then wait a second, brilliant. no that's not right And, and Do you know which one it was, Evan?
3: I'm trying to remember I don't I, think I recall so many
0: K-
4: character list. That's all messed up at the beginning
0: uh, yeah. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh, PKD, he's so funny. Um, all right.
2: There, well, is, you there guys... is a book that I read once by uh, by Brandon Sanderson, and he does a thing where there's all these quotes, and they're in universe quotes at the start of the book, and then as you go on, you realize that they're all untrue, and you've right. been you've been thinking, oh yeah, this is the history, this is the history, and you're like, oh no, that was propaganda history. That's not actually what happened. at all. So yeah, yeah, I, actually, do, okay. I I do like I do like playing with the opening quotes, and I just felt it was mm-hmm. like a missed opportunity here. It's Ubik. Um, Ubik. Oh, okay. oh, it no, that, is Ubik. That's that, right. So that's what I was saying. That—that's the one that I was trying to think right. of, like with the different, you it know, uh, the, the world changing stuff.
4: But that right, was all so. like pop culture uh, schlock, right? Like yeah, advertisements, advertisements and, and you know That's right. Use use. Oh, yeah. I, I'm okay with the the kind of praising her, kind of like someone she really likes or some writer she really likes in this sense. I. It,
2: it, it's for it such, a, for such a silly book. Uh, well not Daos silly Daos book, but such a light. Book? Oh, sorry.
4: I mean I think the Taoists are in the book, even though they're not referenced. I mean, these guys, these none of these characters are gonna be reading right. the Taoist in text, it's not their style, right? Just think they
0: just think about how reading. well integrated it is in Man in the High Castle, though, right? When when yeah. it influences awesome, the in characters, high castle. this yeah, is influencing the readers and uh and not in a way that it's more like, look at look at all these great quotes I found. You know, like, I was thinking how hard it was to get all those quotes lined up. You know, you have to get all these chapters. Every chapter has to have a quote. And in in the 70s with no internet, um, you mm-hmm. just have to be one of those weird book people who has a book of quotations or, you know, a book of, uh, you know, that particular person. and the, Or you have your own commonplace book where you write down all these things. Today, you can just type it in, you know, dream quotes, and it all comes up, no problem. Um, so I mean, she might think of it as doing a service, right? You know, look mm-hmm. at all these great yeah. things that I collected over. And that's great, but it doesn't work today because it, it's it, distracting. It did, yeah. It did feel like someone has gone, like
2: looked at a book of quotes and gone to the chapter dreams, quotes
0: yeah, from literature
2: I, about I like dreams. That, and then just not put a, a book, load of them.
0: That it, it did, yeah. I mean, it takes away from the narrative thrust, not that I'm in favor of narrative thrust necessarily, I'm more in favor of narrative wander, but um, it, it, here it's a it's a punctuation that I think is is slightly harmful. To, uh, start the book with one, end the book with one, maybe, um, but don't do it every time. I I, I, right. I want to talk about another. author. she's definitely
4: not mind quoting the the Taoist. She had the the Bertrand Watson translations on her okay. shelf when she wrote this. I'm sure. I got yeah. I have an interview with. Uh, a guy, what's his name? Margaret Killjoy called Mythmakers and Lawbreakers. And she talks about Taoism and anarchism in her work mm. a little. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess that's an aesthetic thing. I, I like
2: the quotes being there. I'm right. sorry. I um, didn't mean this this little diversion to last right, that long. Go, it, because wanna, again, it
0: was just a minor point in the book. I want to get to another author and make a comparison and see how it would have been different had he written this book. Um, I, I was thinking how how this is almost a uh, H.P. Lovecraft book. Here's why. There's so many H.P. Lovecraft stories, most people don't uh, think of them when they think of H.P. Lovecraft, about dreams. Stories uh, like Hypnos, which is about a guy who is afraid to sleep. Right. A guy who is afraid to sleep, not because he's going to transform the world, but rather because he will be pursued in his dreams by a monster. And he meets somebody at the train station and, uh, you know, that turns out to be him, maybe. (laughs) He met himself at a train station after taking too many uh, anti-sleep drugs and had a fit and wakes up and takes himself home and takes some other drugs. Um, So there's lots of drug taking and uh, dreams in Lovecraft. But there's also a strain of Lovecraftian stories where somebody has this horrible machine right like um what's the one uh with the uh whisper so, in darkness uh, oh, beyond oh there's that too um beyond uh from beyond beyond the realm of sleep or something uh dr Tillingast uh, yeah. has a, a device that when you hook it up it allows you to see the reality as it is not just as we perceive it that we all have this sense um of uh uh, that's vestigial left over from a more primitive era in which um when it's activated by this machine can allow you to see uh, what's going on in reality all around you um like eight
1: o'clock in the morning
0: yes yes except yes. I- instead yeah, of it being good. like um it's a conspiracy it's it's a horror yeah. right that it's it allows you. It's like it's like uh, seeing the inside of your own guts. You know, it's like ugh, <laughs> gross. That's my amygdala. Gross. I don't want to see that. Hide it from me. I mean, the 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 skin over uh, a human being is a good thing. We want it to not be transparent. And you know, <laughs> birds. They, they, they're, they're uh, They look like they're bilateral bilateral symmetry on the outside, and they're pretty colors. And then you take the skin off, and they're pretty gross. But then you take the the or the feathers off, they're pretty gross, and take the skin off, um, they're even grosser. Like, they, they've got, you know, the liver's over here, and the pituitary gland is over there, and it's ugh, gross. So this um, idea of of a sort of a... Or even uh, Herbert West, right? Sort of he's he's experimenting...
3: Reanimator, yeah.
0: Yeah, in a kind of a uh, uncaring way. And then there's this... This lesser figure that always shows up in HP Lovecraft stories, even like in the statement of Randolph Cotter, there's this figure who who is passive, who is more like he is the one witnessing the dream rather than uh, he is the dreamer himself. And then there's this He's dominant the character. Fish. Yes, there's this dominant character who uh, makes makes the narrator pursue things he you know through more through reluctant fact fascination than through actual inclination that if if, that, if this story was written by Lovecraft, it would be a completely different kind of story but I just note how the power of dreams is heavily influential on, on Lovecraft's thinking. I mean most of his stories start from a dream right they, they, some of them are explicitly just dreams written down. And then, you know, he might tack on an ending later. But it just feels completely different. And, and, and in thinking about that, it made me think about what's really missing from this book, which is sort of a completely unacknowledged idea that you can actually control your dreams. Lucid dreaming is a real thing. Now, mm-hmm. when you do lucid dream, you are not in 1,000% control of everything. But you are much more control than if you're just suggested. I mean, I I do all the time. I, I have a dream, wake up, uh, you know, have to pee, go pee, go back to bed, and I continue the dream. Happens to me. Happened to me last night. Very. Nah, but I, I can, I've done
2: that many times. It's I very nice. If right? I, it's it, enjoyable. You are enjoying want, your
0: dream. Go back. Yeah, to Yeah. I just it. go back to
2: sleep, and I'm like, okay, let's carry on that dream, and yeah. I and I
0: do. <laughs> It's it's like watching two episodes of a tv series over a space of days right you know you can do it um
2: one of of the craziest lucid dreams i had was when i was uh i I was thinking i was in a knife fight and someone threw a knife at me and it stuck into my neck and normally that would wake me up straight away and because it was super violent and stuff and i was like but just before then i'd worked out that it was a dream and at that point i was like oh no no i don't need i don't need to wake up so i took the knife out of my neck and and threw it back and then just carried on dreaming or something like (laughs) that and then the dream went off in a totally different direction but it was one of those most memorable times of lucid dreaming where I'm like oh no this is a dream I don't have to little, worry about it little moment of worry- control <laughs> yeah a little moment of control That's like I don't need to wake up because this is a dream I'll just take the knife out of my neck all right now let's carry on again and it was one of those weird things I woke up in the morning going did was did I just dream dreaming that or was I actually you know did I actually really think about it but uh I- Yeah, Yeah, I think that's
1: where I found George Orr a little bit frustrating, like, with that whole go with the flow thing. Like, he didn't really try to even, like, considering the consequences of just Mm. letting his dreams flow. I was like, dude, a little more, a little, like, yeah, he could have tried to train himself and been working on it a little bit before he got caught with the drugs.
3: I mean, so wishy-washy, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. I mean, for a lot of the book, I didn't like or because he just felt like like I don't want to stop him, and then he falls under under Haber's sway. Who, and then he gets upset about
1: that, so he yeah. And I don't yeah. mind like spineless characters. Like I'm totally fine with reading those kind of like weak uh, men. Like a, you know, it's kind of funny to read that sometimes. But he was
2: he was, he was too was, average. Like,
1: yeah, he was like super frustrating.
2: <laughs> there's there's a movie, Idiocracy. Uh, the movie Idiocracy, yes. where they say, "Oh, we're we're picking out the most average. You fall in the middle of like every single test. You're the most average person, <laughs> and we're gonna send you to the future or whatever happens in that one. But it feels very much. They even say at one point, like, "Oh, we did all these tests on you, and you're exactly average. And I was like, "I have Is that, that quote because- here. Yeah, listen. is I was thinking, is that because he was his he'd changed the world to fit around him perfectly that now yeah. like he was like did he did he make himself the most average man in the world or is he a boring character? Or did I find he wasn't an interesting character because he was written as the most average person and I couldn't quite work out which way round, like which way is the causation in that within the within the book? Go Jesse. Listen,
0: listen to this. Personality inventories, IQ, Rorschach, and so on. Then I gave you that tat, T-A-T, and some simulated encounter situations about your third session here. Remember? Uh, and I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, that's, exactly. That's him gaslighting, right? Ever wonder how what? you did did on him? Haber's face, no. gray, framed by curly black hair and beard, appeared suddenly above the pulled-out chassis of the augmentor. His eyes, as he gazed at it, or reflected. The light of the wall-sized window. Okay, I screwed that up. I I guess so, Orr said, although he never actually gave it any thought. I believe it is time for you to know that within the frame of reference of those standardized but extremely subtle and useful tests, you are so sane as to be an anomaly. Of course, I'm using the lay word sane, which has no precise objective meaning. In quantifiable terms, you're median. Your extravision introversion score, for instance, was 49.1. That is, you're more introverted than extroverted by 0.9 of a good degree. That's not unusual. What is, is the emergence of the same damn pattern everywhere, right across the board. If you put them all onto a same graph, you'd sit smack in the middle at 50. Dominance, for example, I think you were 48.8 on that. Neither dominant nor submissive. Independent, dependence, same thing. Creative, destructive. On the Ramirez scale, same thing. Both, neither. Either, or. <laughs> O-R.
4: Well, where does he end up? Do you think, or on that scale, on the creative destruction scale? Where do you think Le Guin puts him?
0: I think she's trying to put the, him in the middle, and I, I think that I would say by the end
4: of the novel, she seems to be putting him on the creative side of things. She's he's called an artist,
0: yeah. Heather, right? Well, because yeah, because he's, because he's like a little
3: things. craftsman at the end.
4: Well, I
0: mean, remember he, how he starts off? Right, he's a draftsman, <laughs> right, and then he ends up as a. As a the designer, creator of yeah. worlds, right? It's 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 cute. It's cute.
4: But I think this is this is a better uh, solution. I think to the whole utopia. It's not the dictatorial, top-down, bureaucratic uh, approach of Haber. It's not the kind of just let it go. It's actually grabbing the world by our hands. I, I think it's a celebration of like human agency and and creativity yep. to solve problems and that that so I, I think it's and i actually think that's where the Taoists seem to end up too not just total passivity
0: i want mm. to read the open no, i do paragraph. think there's a
4: change in, in or's character oh. i think he comes out not just the, the strict down the middle
0: no uh, no but, but he's
4: yeah, he's not destructive at all at the end it seems he's
3: yeah and, and he's he's, he's a he ha-
4: play. there's a character he, growth
3: he has grown because i mean consider his uh Re- reactions at the end when she comes into the shop and he, I mean, the, or at the beginning of the novel, just let her walk out and not said anything. Mm-hmm. So she's actually been changed by the whole experience. Uh, have any of you ever read, um, Marie Leinster's Sidewise in Time? Mm-hmm. No, nope. um, I don't think so. Okay. So, so well. it's, so it's, so, so it's a story back 1938, I think where basically parts of the world, parts of the world get replaced by parts from other continuum. It just like happens randomly. The first alternate history story. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's the first alternate history story, but at the end, there are, things have gone back to normal, but not quite. There are still pieces left over. They mentioned the passenger pigeon is back because there happened to be a million of them in the one spot. They got swapped out, and so the world's kind of a crazy quilt that they have to get along with, and that reminded me of the end of this novel where they've gone through all that craziness and things are incomplete and there's half done bridges and stuff. It kind of reminded me of that story. That's Mm. like, okay, we're not going to get the utopia or dystopia and the world's kind of all screwy and, but we're going to live with what the pieces of what we have left and go forward.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a good one. I want to read the opening paragraph of hypnos, but it starts, the whole story starts. That's a Lovecraft story starts with, uh, quote from Baudelaire, which um, is someone who doesn't get any quotes in here, and that's because um, Ursula Le Guin likes different folks, right? Just like PKD starts with different quotes. Everybody has their own thing, but Baudelaire's great. Uh, I, I'll read this. Apropos of sleep, that sinister adventure of all our nights, we may say that men go to bed daily with an audacity that would be incomprehensible. If we did not know that it is the result of ignorance of the danger, it's like, what? (laughs) Really? (laughs) That's great. Well, but see, you could have started the whole book with this, right? (laughs) Uh
4: huh. I've been thinking a lot about what you said about Lovecraft, and yeah. Well, I let me let me me read this paragraph.
0: This is the opening of Hypnos, which I I think is one of his best stories. Almost nobody ever talks about it, but it's it's Hypnos is the god of sleep, right? And uh, hypnosis is which we also get in this. This is just a. Crazy sen- uh, crazy sentence paragraph um, by Lovecraft that just like, wow, the audacity of this guy. And it, it's essentially the same premise as uh, the Lathe of Heaven. Listen to this. May the merciful gods, if indeed there be such, guard those hours when no power of the will or drug that the cunning of man devises can keep me from the chasm of sleep. Death is merciful, for there is no return therefrom. But with him who has come back out of the nethermost chambers of night, haggard and knowing, peace rests nevermore. Fool that I was to plunge in with such unsanctioned frenzy into mysteries no man was meant to penetrate. Fool or God that he was, my only friend, who led me and went before me, and who in the end passed into terrors which may yet be mine. Now, now I want to point out (laughs) that... Besides that being a great quote, is that we get that line later on in this book as well with um, "we are gods, right? Um, We are the creators of our own reality." That shows up somewhere in the last last half of this book. Sorry, um, Evan, you were gonna talk about. Oh yeah, I just
4: I didn't realize you'd ever read the quote. That was the the Baudelaire quote you first read. Um, Baudelaire. Yeah, but both say sinister adventure of our nights and dreams are bad. I mean, that's that's what I get out of this. Um, I mean, there's more, but I mean, Lovecraft's whole view of knowledge—not whether they come by dreams or in, or a search or an exploration—it's bad, right? And the dreams are terrifying for Lovecraft because they actually do reveal truth. Yes. And they teach us things that we shouldn't know about ourselves or our universe. And it's it's the same narrative whether you're digging into your family history like in Rats on the Wall, right. or if you're digging, you're going to the Antarctica, or you're going to Australia and digging up things you shouldn't dig up. And he's got this terror about any knowledge about anything. Right? Like, knowledge it is terrible. Of, it's weird. Right? It's almost animals it's are awe. happy. They I, don't know. I've never know. seen any other writer so obsessed with closing the door. In fact, the... Case of Charles Dexter Ward, the hero of that story is a hero because he abolishes the past. He burns all the documents. He lies about the past. He creates an entire new fiction. And that makes him a hero. Uh,
0: Thomas Ligotti apparently is like that as well. <laughs> oh. Uh, you know, like, I mean, and he's right. I mean, there is a sort of comfort in not knowing that you're going to die, there's a comfort in not, in thinking that you're the center of the universe. And I think that's why Lovecraft's so much on the upswing, is because he's he was an early pioneer in a kind of horror that people don't want to know about, which is, you know, science is true. And the evidence of, of, of science coming out is really, you know, it pro- shakes us profoundly. And there's a mm-hmm. comfort in not knowing, right? The ch- The childhood sort of, uh, knowledge that you know you're secure in your mother's arms is gone after a certain point. <laughs> you mm-hmm. Think deeply, and and if your character is kind of uh, melancholy, it can be destructive.
4: This but I knowledge. want to compare this to Le, Le Guin. Uh Guin. Shevek is coming. What's what's he searching for? The gen- some kind of general theory of knowledge, general theory of the universe in The Dispossessed. Mm.
0: I, it's been since I read it.
4: Know. Yeah, not he's after he kind of general yeah. theory, right? Sci- scientific law. This is the kind of thing Lovecraft would want to stay away from. Mm-hmm. If anything, I think George and Peter's problem is that they're not really creative or curious enough about solving these problems.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's, that's, that's the, what the, I say the, the, it's just the novel's not okay. about that. That's the issue, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the novel's about the power relationship, and I think it's a bad relationship. And that's why it's kind of a downer novel. Um, not, not that it's a bad novel. It's just that, yeah. you know, this is these are power relations that, like, I, this is the thing I don't want to spend any time thinking about. It's like, sometimes you're just in a conversation with someone and you realize that they're playing a game that you won't play. What can you do? You just walk away, right? That's all you can do. <laughs> because you're not going to convince yeah. them that, that their game is not a good game.
2: Yeah, they but to, what if you have voluntary, uh, compulsory voluntary therapy with them? You can't just leave it. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a, that's a and, and that's here.
0: exactly yes. That's I mean, it's almost like they're married, right? You know that. Yeah. The, and they're cheating on him. It, they're it, handcuffed it, together, yeah. right? They yeah. and yeah. that's why he when he gets his vacation home, right? Which yeah, for for no reason they just change things in the in the adaptation. They put it on the beach instead of up in the mountains by Mount Hood. You know, like. I thought it being by the mountain was the point of that that he's That's up by the exactly mountain. That's <laughs> exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. So yeah, even, it, it, it's surprising that the the first adaptation works given how freely they were changing things, and and for no reason. Why change it to a, a like if you change it to a 40 year lease that has some more resonance than a 10 year lease, but a 33 year lease is also a good amount of time. So Why change it? Oh, I don't. Th- I just thought where they filmed it money. Jesse. Yeah, but you, it's just a word, right? 33, mm-hmm. 10, uh, right? Thir- oh, 30, okay. 30,
3: 33. I just thought. I just thought of this. Why would you pick the number thirty-three?
0: It's a third.
3: That's tra- that. What? That's traditionally the age at which Christ died. Ah, yeah. Okay. So that's it. Has so a resonance. Reason.
0: Forty would also has have resonance. resonance. I can understand why Maybe. would they change it to forty, but why ten? Right. It doesn't so 10, make the story. Ten no resonance.
3: Thirty-three yeah. would. Forty would. Ten does not. You're it's almost right. like they
0: have to go in there and, and fix things up. And and that just changing for changing sakes is not good. So when you say they, it, you're actually talking about. Script Caleb Quinn. Because She it was a says, consultant uh, on that. She was not the writer. Oh, OK. So, so that means she got paid for you know showing up on set or something.
2: Oh, it says that she uh, she was heavily involved in the production of the 1980 ad- adaptation and expressed her satisfaction with it several times. So I guess It is that's good. Uh, it is
0: good. But uh, oh, okay. she's credited she's credited as a consultant, not as a okay. you know, scriptwriter. Um, uh, okay. and, and uh, some of the changes seem to be just silly. But uh, on the other hand, it still works and it's still good. It's worth worth watching at some point um i want to read you from this is on page before we before you keep reading stuff yeah we keep reading stuff i want to go in
2: i got to go in a second because i've got stuff to do we've been going an hour and a half already i guess uh uh yeah i just want to say if you keep reading stuff i'm gonna go um but i just want to say before before i do go i enjoyed the book (laughs) i'd give it like three and a half stars on my rating and uh uh and yeah Good, good overall worth reading good book pretty quick but, but it did feel a bit like a, a short story that was extended out you know like the simples the sim two simple characters of a short story but spread out into something almost like a novel length which uh so not not that satisfying character wise but I enjoyed the exploration um of it so uh yeah anyway I just wanted to put that in there in case I uh, in case I drop out while you're doing more readings okay.
0: here we go all right' The <laughs> go li- for it The lips within the curly beard parted in a straining, staring smile, a grin of ecstasy that made Orr turn away, as if he had seen something never meant to be seen, both terrifying and pathetic. Then this world will be like heaven, and the men will be like gods. We already are, Orr said, but the other paid no heed. Hmm. Um, where, which part of the book is that? Is that that's page 47 on the PDF Ah, oh, it's early well, oh, okay. yeah, one, No, sorry, that's the second half uh, Page 102 of the PDF Page 47 mm-hmm. of the second part of the serial And that I just remembered that Then the next part is Volcanoes emit fire Or murmured, what? May I go now? Tomorrow at 5 And then <laughs> he runs away right? <laughs> He's like He's, and I think that that's fascinating, right? He says, the world will be like heaven and the men will be like gods. That's that's Haber. Um, but out of context, you know it's him just because he's got the beard, right? And he's got the smile and mm-hmm. it's a fake smile and it's a sort of a greedy smile. And then, or quietly, we are already. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, is it we? Or is it him? No, it's not him. It's we. We are already. We, we. can already do this. I, I think that that's why it's a good book is that Le Guin is very good at not telling us stuff but indicating the direction. Um, and those quotes, although they're good, they are too too much like signs on the road, signposts on the road. Too too much on the nose. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, set us off, but don't don't keep course correcting is what I would say. Um, and, maybe, and and, maybe and that's. It. That's why I love Philip K. Dick. He's, he never gives us what, it, what we want, right? When you start reading Man in a High Castle, you think, okay, that book's going to be our world. And it's not. He always has to twist it away devilishly. Like, he's always going to not give you what you want. And that you following him rather than you leading is kind of what I think is – not quite as missing. It's kind of missing from this back half of the book. It, it, the first half, the setup's so good, um, and there are many good points in this in the back half of the book. But I agree with um, Lester Del Rey, and and it feels like it was built in the construction. You know, th- this book was was designed while it was being written, and I understand that some people it works great that way. But some
3: people write that way. Yeah. It
0: almost. It, I mean, I. It's funny. I've got on my shelf. A lot of Le Guin books, including like four copies of the of um, the Left Hand of Darkness, for some reason. And I have no copies why? of this. Why? see why. I don't know. It just just you know, when I go to the used bookstore, that's what shows up. And I don't know if that means that everybody's <laughs> keeping their their copy of The Lathe of Heaven, um, or it just isn't. I mean, when you think of Le Guin, what's the first book you think of? It's not this one. And it's almost it's like. A step below greatness is is kind of the issue i think it's maybe third or fourth on the list if if people think of leguin it's not yeah i
1: didn't one. feel like it it doesn't like take you on a a journey it it feels quite um sort of playful and and like the author is quite sort of visible like here's the ideas i'm playing with like mm-hmm. i didn't get totally lost in this like
0: and I, like I, know that, darkness. I know that this is also one of the first books um, that sort of recurs again into later in the seventies and in, in the early eighties, where you've got uh, psychiatry as sort of the main science of the book uh, in mm. the science fiction. So, a uh, pool, um, was it Paul Anderson? No, Frederick Pohl. Frederick Pohl, Gateway. Gateway, mm. but also um, he had a later book that is about a guy who's mandatorily going to. psychotherapy and and it's interesting right it's interesting but the problem is is it's not really science um and so it it works really well in a novel psychology in a novel is it's like the kind of breakthroughs that people have in their own you know psychotherapy um it's narrative right but it's not science it's even a lot less science than economics is, and economics is the dismal science, right? It, it's uh-huh. just so, um, it, it, it works narratively, and that's the attraction. And she even acknowledges sort of the, in Haber's description of how, how primitive psychotherapy worked in the 70s, right? The laying on the couch and the, the, the legacy of Freud, uh, yeah, but now we've got these yeah. machines, right? Well, we still have the couch. And, and yeah, and how's it go in um, in Frederick Paul's Gateway? Is the the psychotherapist is a ro- robot, an AI? Oh, really? Yeah. So. Oh,
1: uh, oh that's interesting.
0: It is interesting because that
1: was that was the other thing. This book reminded me a lot of is um, the conversations that are going on now with AI superintelligence, and I was kind mm. of thinking of Haber in that role, like. It's the exact same thing where you have to, like, how do you program the dream or the AI to get to this end that you want, but, like, the means aren't going to be absolutely horrific. For
0: right. <laughs> we don't want them all be turned in the into paperclips. Is, is the
1: right, yeah. yeah. Or solve world hunger. Like, all right, just wipe out all the humans. Solved. Yeah, the, the,
3: the greatest <laughs> good for the greatest number is is a horrible sort of utilitarianism, which is really anti-humanity. It makes us into... Into widgets.
0: Yeah. Yeah. it's interesting that the it, that's that's on the Wikipedia entry. That's the criticism people are saying is it's anti-utilitarianism. I, I don't think that that's. I mean, that's in there, and certainly. Um, I I was thinking about how Or is upset when his girlfriend's gone when everybody is gray, right? That her yeah. her existence as a as a woman who's not black and not white is deleted. And then uh, you think, well, it's worth it, right? It's worth it because you don't, if you have a world where there's never any racism, the only people who even remember racism are the ones who, who deleted it, right? That's, uh, that's kind of a good thing, but also look what it does. It turns everything gray, <laughs> right? And gray yeah. is the color they picked, not pink, not purple, right? And he even talks about having pink dogs at one point. Um, but yeah, this
3: this only came out a couple of years after Loving versus Virginia, so uh, there's a little element of of like a take that uh, as far as the interracial uh, relations. I mean, and, and and it's not even remarked upon that.
4: Yeah, I, white I like, she's that, she's black, which I like
0: that she's not scoring points. She's not scoring points with this book. It's like I feel a lot of books. Are, they they seem to think that they're the ones who invented you know uh, being cool. That's <laughs> like well, a lot of yeah. authors talk about. It. I wanted to show a lot of diversity, and so my character, like, <laughs> well, fuck you. This has been around you for exactly 40 right years, <laughs> right? I mean, come on. Just because every unicorn should, should, you know, shows up with a rainbow of the color doesn't mean that it's a uh, it's innovative. It's just <laughs> it's, it's not great. Do something oh. else with your book too. Explore ideas. Don't just so represent really? representation is overstated, overstated.
4: But this is such a a ridiculous response to the racism problem. It, it's it I, I think cry. can't be yeah. like anyone who took like you know, graduated high school history knows racism is historically contingent. It's relatively novel in world history. It mm-hmm. probably doesn't predate the seventeenth century in the late 17th century at that, so really, Yeah, it's, a, it's years. a
0: really bad idea that we're still living with, right? It, it's like, yeah. g- communism is so sort of on the wane, right? Sort of on the wane, and we, we've sort of got rid of some of our problems with with the, the horrors of communism. Racism it, it seems to be one everybody wants to keep whipping up, right? It's like Let's mm-hmm. get let's let's go back to this idea. Talk about it a little bit more. It's Like, dudes, this is this is slavery has been around for a long time, and it's often practiced, uh, you know, tribe against tribe, not race against race, because race is invented. It like yeah. So,
4: do you remember right. this Dick novel where he he kind of gets rid of racism? It's called Doctor Futurity, mm-hmm. and yeah, so basically in the future, one. race is abolished because of basically interracial marriage, I guess. People just you know, the races just amalgamate over time, and there's there's no races and languages all amalgamate, too. And I forget how far in the future the guy goes. I think it's like 500 years or something. Mm-hmm. Yet, they break up into new clans, right? That's you know.
0: Yeah, uh, but the, 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 that's that's
4: real new ways thing, to right? Identify. Clans mm-hmm. are
0: totally a real thing, right? I mean, that's yeah. th- that is uh, that is it's almost like speciation, right? It's, you know, you got mm-hmm. the Mountain lions and then the valley lions, right? And they are—they maybe don't interbreed at all, right? So, uh, cl- cl- clannish behaviors is, yeah, is, is like family behavior. It's not really mm-hmm. the same as uh, let's all identify by a certain, you know, purity test, which is ridiculous. So,
4: well, I, no, I think I, my, my overall response though to this was—I mean, she mentioned snick, and she mentions this black and white, holding hands on this logo. Mm-hmm. Um, and Of course, you have... I mean, in the 60s, you have the integrationist model for overcoming racism. And whether that's going to work or not, I don't know. It's just the point is to solve racism by making everyone the same color is just the most uncreative
0: way to yeah, get about that. And that's uh, true. George Orr is not, he's not a brilliant man, right? He's just... Trying to get by, and and it's kind of why he, he, he does. He's if he was a PKD protagonist, he lacks <laughs> the spark, right? He lacks the spark of. Uh, it's curious to me why the genders are the way they are as well. Why is Haber a man, and why is uh, why is Or a woman? Oh uh, why, why is Or a man? Oh, in my in my dream, she she was a woman, and it's like well, it's that, Or. <laughs> It doesn't matter. the The power dynamic is what I'm talking. It's like you've got these two men, right? And then there's there, there's actually two women in the book too. I don't know if you guys remember. There's the secretary. Um, yeah, the
3: assistant. Right,
0: right. Well, she, yeah. um, she's she's um, a little less important, but there's also the ant. Remember the ant that gets deleted in the first dream.
3: Oh right right yeah. oh yeah there, which is which is what he thinks. Yeah, actually started this, but that's, but if that's,
0: I, I think, I think it,
3: that's, I think, I think it's, that's a, I, I think that's a retcon of his own. I don't own. think
0: so. Uh, oh, no, mean, no, no, no. Yeah, it's I a, it's hear a what you're saying.
3: Of of, 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 the original timeline where they all died in a nuclear war.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, everything's, everything's yeah, yeah, because up- everything changes. Morpheus, dream state, but. Um, yeah, the fact that she she's sexually predating on her own uh, family, that's uncool. But um, notice that if it was the other way around, if if Orr was a woman and that was an uncle, um, it, the dynamics change. So, well, she, uh, she explores sexuality character. in other books, but this book is, I'm not sure what she's doing with the, the genders.
1: Well, she specific uh, a certain interview or something, whether she specifically addresses that, and she purposefully did that because she said Haber can be male or female, doesn't matter, right. but or had to be a male because if he was a female, it would become a totally different type of story about like male oppression or male manipulation of woman, and she didn't want to go near mm-hmm. that because mm-hmm. that's not what it's about. So she that had to make sense. him a male.
0: That makes yeah. a lot of sense.
1: I wanted to spend
0: more time with Lash. I thought she was just terrific. Yeah, yeah, she was great. She was a real character. She was the most PKD character in the whole book because of mm-hmm. her her psychology. And it's interesting because she starts off as kind of a, a in the same way Haber does as a negative, right? With her clickiness right. and her judgment of or. Um, and the, the thing black is, black widow. Yeah, uh, but it's a persona that she's put on, and she she can sort of take it off like her shell, you know. Um and then I, I we didn't address this, but the aliens being like turtle shaped um well, at least I, their suits are. I yeah. mean, they're
3: inside they're not, but their suits are their suits are those uh bio suits because they
0: Well, we so never get to look inside though, right? We
3: never we never get to see inside them because they can't stand Earth's atmosphere. Well,
0: what the, they that's want to be we're here told. for the we probably could not imagine them. I don't even know I don't even know if they have a planet outside <laughs> <laughs> I think that that it's it's really interesting to think about like how deep do the like he says if I if I wanted to make a pink dog right now, it would go back in time and allow pink dogs to exist, right?
3: Well that'd back be a possibility he says a possibility. <laughs> Otherwise
0: right. it could be that or it could be you just died pink. Yeah.
1: He just said reality will cover its tracks one way or another. Right. Right. <laughs> so.
0: right. And that's a very PKD line right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I think there's some truth to that, right?
4: So when I'm talking to my students about, I'm a historian, right? So I'm talking to my students about the history of of punishment and something like the origin of the prison. And and I give a lecture on the origin of the prison in China or 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 Japan. or, or, Or the United States. And you'll ask them, like, to maybe imagine alternatives to prisons, or you know, are there other ways we can manage the problem of crime or antisocial behavior? And students can't think of anything except prisons, yeah. right? But the prisons is a very novel historically. I mean, they really don't go back that far. You had jails and Romans stuff. don't
0: have, have prisons. prisons, right? They have yeah,
4: you had jails like you would just you know crucify people, I guess. I, that's I right. That's, yeah. I'm not saying that's better, but there were exiles, you know, fines, you just, all sorts just, of frontier. Things. But this idea that the, the universe makes things that are new or fresh or recently changed seem perpetual—I I think that's mm. something that's that's true empirically yeah. and historical.
3: Yeah, it's always been this way. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, that's a, that's a really good comment, Evan. They, yeah, that it's like once something is really established, we can't imagine the things ever having been different. Like you were saying earlier before about. About uh, racial slavery, it's not Mm -hmm. been the norm for thousands of years. It's a it's a historical invention of uh, the African slave trade.
0: Mm Yep, I I I think this was a pretty darn good book. Um, you guys read uh, "Word for World is Forest"? Yes. No. Nope. It's kind of interesting. It's um her take on the Vietnam War with aliens as the stand-ins for the Vietnamese. Um, I, I read the, an abridged version of the book and I thought it was pretty damn interesting. Um, again, very seventies, sixties. Um, but yeah, but
3: yeah, what, I, I, what, 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 cool. I, I, as a weird sidebar, I had written, I had read a fantasy book about cultures and weird stuff in a world. That's all rainforest. So I tied, so tongue-in-cheek, I titled my review, The Word for World is Rainforest.
0: Wondering <laughs> if anybody
3: would get the joke.
0: <laughs> did anybody get the joke, or did you have to tell them?
3: The author the author got the joke. Oh, good. The author, okay, The good. author's good. read oh. Le Guin, so I appreciated that anyway.
0: Good. Yes. <laughs> well, we'll think about that. But Back yeah, to so PKD, otherwise. <laughs> good? Well, I, think
4: we're do- I think we're done with Le Guin. Now? Is there time yeah. for a, a, a one-sentence sure. defense of, of utilitarianism? A Chuck bit? it in. Hey, I don't
0: think utilitarianism ut- is that bad. I, I think she, uh, yeah, it's, I, and I don't even think she thinks it's that bad. I think that no. that is uh, external. But go for it.
4: Well, this, I'm going to this Wikipedia. I think you mentioned it, Jesse. This mm-hmm. world is critical of foster utilitarianism, right? I think it's critical of really bad, stupid utilitarianism. I agree. Like <laughs> taxing the rich to make sure a billion people don't go hungry is not. Bad utilitarianism. I mean, I think Mill dealt with this. Anyways, we—I could just say defer to Mill. He—he's dealt with stupid utilitarianism effectively enough.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. It, 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 the, the, we, in philosophy, there is some, some something I really liked when we were talking about uh, utilitarianism. Is the problem of the pleasure wizard? <laughs> oh yeah. You guys heard of this? Okay. Like like no, you just are a, a person brain
4: person in the jar, jar, just with, with pure pleasure, pleasure constantly, right? right?
0: Uh, well, it's basically like we we can imagine that you know the resources of uh, I always think of myself as a pleasure wizard, right? It's like, <laughs> I have the right to do this because I'm better at making people happy than they are at making people happy. It's like, wait a second, there's got to be something wrong with this. But the thing is is, uh, this is absolutely true. Think about kids. Little kids don't know shit, right? So they haven't read any books, they don't know any movies. And you say to them, there's this movie called uh, Ella Enchanted or whatever. Let's see, I don't even know the names of them cuz I don't uh, <laughs> I don't watch them. How about Snow White, okay? There's this movie called Snow White, you're going to love it. And the kids, are, "I don't want to watch that. I want to watch my SpongeBob or whatever it is." I have no idea. <laughs> and you say, "No, no. You're going to watch Snow White." And because you have the power uh, as this godlike figure of being older and wiser, you can just mi- Put it in the VCR or DVD player or Netflix or whatever and make it happen, right? And then the kids do like it. You're a pleasure wizard. They are not mm-hmm. able to best marshal resources. That That's why you should be in charge. And so utilitarianism has great value. But there are problems with it. Um, and I took over your defense. I'm sorry.
3: Yep. Oh, you got it. Yeah, basically. Yep. Evan, have you ever watched The Good Place?
0: Oh yeah, oh, that sounds
4: really familiar. That's uh,
0: uh, it's it should be a
3: better maybe, show. It's 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 a, it's a good show, Jesse. Okay, it's 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 a, it's a TV the comedy. Is you don't starring, need
0: to watch it more than once. I, I, I heard of it. One, I guess. yeah, yeah, I it. yeah it's but it's it's, it's a TV
3: co- comedy about yeah TV. about a bunch of people who wind up in heaven, including one person who doesn't belong there. But one of So so her soulmate philosophy professor starts trying to teach her philosophy. Utilitarianism comes in as among a whole lot of other things as they're trying to figure out how can she try to figure out how to stay in the good place and all the ethical problems there.
2: I watched season one. It's a lot of fun. I haven't seen season two. Oh, hey, Luke. You're still here. No, I, I just i just came back i am back again no just, just <laughs> and getting stuff sorted out so <laughs> well, right. we're wrapping up anyways but yeah
0: all it's, right it's uh yeah i didn't i guess you're uh, talking about utilitarianism yeah uh, but this yeah is- i like kristen bell i like ted danson i liked that it was cute but after the first one i'm like i got the premise what's what's there's, uh, we're done after the first episode or after the first season? I think after I watched the first episode and then I watched the second episode and I'm like, I don't think I need I to think watch you, anymore. I, I, no, uh, no, 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 no. It, Jesse, yeah, it's way cleverer than season. you think
2: it, it yeah. is i watched the first episode and i was like
0: eh. and then i watched the second
2: one and i was like eh. and then after like four or five episodes you're like oh this is cleverer than i am it really it really is cleverer than mm. you think it's gonna be mm. so uh yep. I, I i i would i wouldn't say that you're gonna definitely enjoy it i'm just saying you can't judge it after one episode it has to be like after the first season like at the, the stuff that happens at the end of the first season you're just like oh shit i really need to see season two now and there's mm. not often that you see that all right.
3: TV. Anyway. Yeah, I, I I know you hate spoilers, Jesse, but. No, I, I the don't. Word spoilers, I love spoilers. So we're not, not going to. Please tell me <laughs> what <laughs> the <laughs>
0: hell's going on. Make I'm not going to watch it unless you convince me to watch it. He hates the word spoiler. <laughs> I, okay. I hate the idea Jesse, that we have to spend time Jesse, talking about it. it I'm,
2: Jesse, I'm it's just cleverer than you are the sh- tv show is cleverer than you are and there's not many
0: k- tv shows that you can say that about but see uh, i don't think what is you're cleverer than, than, than i am I so when you say it's, like it's like cleverer than i am i think you're saying it's cleverer than you which doesn't mean it's clever no, no 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 it isn't it's cleverer than you jesse that yeah, is the thing that I'm you're saying.
2: the one who's saying that uh, yes so i know uh, that's that's what i'm trying uh, that's what i'm saying to convince
0: you yeah, i don't that, have to say no I, cleverer need, than I need i need the spoiler or otherwise it won't be yeah, jesse i'm gonna
3: type it in the chat
0: oh you don't need on. the spoiler, <laughs> yeah. Jesse. You just got to trust people. That is, <laughs> no, it, it's I don't
2: trust people. Never okay, trust well, don't people. Trust, but uh, there's no the point in me saying is, what happens because it's not—it's not what happens. It's how it happens. It's how it's cleverer than you. You know, if the whole point of the TV show is the revelation that the I TV show Paul. is cleverer than you, I, and if I just say how it's done, I put it, harder. You can't—you can't get the revelation of how clever it is than you or not if I tell you how it is because it means you <laughs> don't go through those thought processes. That's the whole point of this exp- the, the intellectual experience of watching a, a thing that you think is just going to be a stupid comedy. It is actually cleverer than you. And if I tell you how. I'm waiting for Paul it isn't, to finish it isn't clever.
0: Then I Why will know. I? Jesse, the spoiler is that they are really in hell, and Ted Dance is oh, manipulating son- them to think all of them are in hell. <laughs> um, that's yeah. cute.
2: That's cute. Now, there's Jesse, it's now impossible for you to f- realize that the TV show is cleverer than you. There, there will never be a moment that you watch the TV show now where you make where you where you realize along with the characters I what's going that, on. Actually, Being I that actually. Fool I thinking... doesn't mean if someone fools you doesn't mean they're cleverer than you. No, it's not about fool. It's about the intellectual journey that you go on. And Jesse can't and take that I journey. I don't believe
0: anymore. in intellectual journeys. I believe exactly. in more uh, ideas. Exactly. That's why the TV show is cleverer than you. The TV show <laughs> is, is just cleverer well, than you, Jesse. Well, it's you re- want repetition. Uh, I was going to say Eric. It, it yeah. doesn't, but, it doesn't <laughs> reputation. Luke does not. Make it, it, you it's, it's like a
3: mystery. It's like a mystery novel. I mean, you start seeing things in the TV show. You're going, wait, what? Why this? And then at some point, whether well, you're right faster than the characters, it's right
0: in the title, guys. The show is called The Good Place. There's no such phrase, but there is one called The Bad Place, and that's yes, that's what's what the cool TV show is people. about, Jesse. Yeah. That's I the whole it. point of it. I got it. You, you, it it seems like hell that, to begin with, you, with all the friendliness.
2: Look, what the spoiler is that you typed in there, I also thought that along the way. I also thought many, many other things. But now you watching the show will only have that thought. So you can't no, have. I don't need the to watch the show. Ju- <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole point. Because now you know you won't enjoy it because you, you already no. think that you're clever. Than the uh, TV that's, show, that's exactly right.
0: Not. Now I know I won't enjoy it enough to watch it. That's right. So I watched um, a movie called American Made. Anybody seen the So did movie?
3: I. The Tom Cruise movie. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Now, yeah. this is based on a historical figure named Barry Seal, who yeah. basically was screwed by the U.S. government and uh, did the U.S. government's bidding uh, while one hand was washing the other, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, he's dead. And, <laughs> and uh, the so government's so mean. I thought it was a good journey uh, to see all the parts um Explicated in a way that I hadn't seen it before. It's worth Mm -hmm. watching because it's a nice historical piece and it's well done. But knowing that Barry Seal, you know, gets screwed in the end, absolutely no effect on my. uh, Okay. Well, I never, I didn't, I
2: didn't know, I didn't know he did die in the end. So uh,
0: I I, I, I didn't know. This is like Hitler Hitler loses World War World War (laughs) Two. I've never heard of of Barry Seal before
2: the movie came out. I'd never, I never even knew he was a person. Like so, it's uh, again. Okay, but what I'm saying, Jesse, it's not about that you know what happens. I'm saying that there is an intellectual journey that you can go on, but only if you don't know the answers at the end. And if you already know the answers at the end, you don't go on that journey. And that's the whole point of The Good Place, is it's not just about what the twist is. There's many other intellectual journeys that you go on. That's just one of them. But if you think, oh, it's only about the story, what is the twist? Oh, I don't need to enjoy it anymore. There's there's like every episode, there's a mini intellectual journey. It, like Again, it's cleverer than you think it is. Right,
1: I'm going to try See if we can go on the journey.
4: A million with... intellectual journeys. Yeah. I mean, are they better than, it? is this Good Place better than, I'm reading Willa Cather now. Is it, is it better than Willa Cather? It's what, yeah. a is
0: what, sorry? Is the Good <laughs>
4: Place better than any other novel I pick up at the library? I mean, I, I don't watch TV because
2: I don't have time. It, I'm always the thing is, it's it's not a book. Like, th- like, you can't compare it to a novel. It isn't a novel. But every day so, I get recommendations for
4: television shows, and if I were to watch them yes. all... But the point is,
2: if you want to watch a a fun comedy which is actually cleverer than you think it is and probably cleverer than (laughs) you are, uh, watch it. If you're not interested in that, don't watch it. I'm not telling you that you have to watch it. I'm saying it is worth watching and you don't get the full experience of the tv show watching the first episode you really need to like to get a, one, one of those you know more of those full intellectual journeys and fun character moments and all that other stuff that goes in it you it, it can't just be based on one episode it's not that kind of television show it needs the the, the you know the, but the long that's a time long
0: commitment time. and so what i'm looking for like so for example the americans that show just wrapped up that's a very mm-hmm. interesting show, not because of the intellectual journey, because I already knew who won the Cold War, um, but right. rather because it allows you to see the perspective of an alien culture uh, inside. Uh, it gives you a new perspective on, on a culture you're familiar with. So if you grew up in the yeah. 80s, you, you see what's on TV, and and you see what is propaganda and what isn't, what fears are justified and what aren't. And then you, you say, you know look at it from the soviet point of view right what's what what's what's the right who's the bad guy here and the question is you know these guys are really bad and i saw one writer a uh, famous writer on twitter saying you know the ending was terrible because the the bad guys are just let go and that i, I was <laughs> like no that the, the, that just happened to be what happened it could have gone any way the important part was seeing what it's like from the soviet point of view you know americans are Mm. always talking uh, there's a great bit near the end saying about how we won world war ii and what normandy just this celebration of normandy just happened june 6th right great 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 yeah that's nothing right (laughs) the fucking soviets won the whole war could have done it all by themselves and and if you don't understand how horrible it was for them you don't really understand anything, and that's the real truth, right? It's like, yeah. it's true. I mean, it, just the more you learn about the Soviet end of the war, the more Operation Market Garden and the little shit in North Africa is, like, pathetic. Canada boasts about how it's got the second biggest navy in the world because we have the most Corvettes escorting, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that's fucking bullshit. Soviets won. If you don't understand that, you understand nothing. And, and, anyway, The and Good Place is, is probably funnier than that. Oh, it, yes. That, that show is absolutely <laughs> not a comedy. It's, <laughs> it, but it's, it's it's very good at showing you history. And I think history is so important. So, so important. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's why I, I don't care about modern books, because they're not historical. <laughs> yeah. Really, right? I mean, that's the major issue. They don't have any gravitas of, you know, you can't see the gravity attracted to them. Over time and how important that that little thing is. Yet we can't know. For twenty years from now, you're going to
4: come back and read all these these books. uh twenty well, years from now,
3: Jesse and I are going to be discussing. Jesse, you should have read this one back in it's 2018.
0: Vinci
3: now it's t- now it's time for you to read it.
0: Well, I, I it. we we've done a few modern things, right? Just a few. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Nothing not well, I just wonder if we're at the end of
4: history. Maybe you know literature will kind of. Stagnate in this kind of in a in a in a place.
0: So yeah, uh, the, a all future literature will media of,
4: about
0: the i the idea of the novel. There's a, a good one, right? You, you're talking about Evan talking about historicity and yeah. <laughs> the imagining other things. Podcasting as a genre um, was unimaginable 30 years ago, right? Completely unimaginable, and it's still mysterious to me, even though I've been doing it for a long time and listening. Since the beginning, is still mysterious, and yet um, it is absolutely a media that's different from every other kind, including radically different. It's so radically different from radio. How many music podcasts are there? Virtually none, compared to every other kind, right? And that is fascinating. So I think it's more of a rights issue than anything. No, 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 (laughs) no, no, no. There's lots of there's lots of people who use music. Mr. Jim Moon uses music freely in his thing. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about uh, copyrights. It's it, it, it's not it's not a rights issue. I mean,
3: you'd be, you'd be surprised about what rights get are
0: are important.
3: like like the beat like, like the Beatles record in in the adaptation of *Late the Heaven* in the original production. We're
2: back. We're back on topic. Here we go.
3: But so, <laughs> in the original production, when it was broadcast in 1980, that the record that was played was the Beatles singing, singing with all the help of my friends. But when they when they went to uh, have it on VHS and DVD, they had to get a a cover by Elvis Costello because they couldn't get the rights. Here's what you do:
0: you type into into Twitter and type in um, my name at SFF Audio and then quotation marks around it. Hopefully it'll work. Full film, and what you'll find is dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of movies. That are complete on YouTube. Now, they may not stay there. They may get pulled down at some point, but these are complete good versions, not like shitty versions uh, with the dialogue increased speed or flip, the text flipped or graininess, right? This is a complete f- versions of, of non public domain films mostly that people all just love and put up on YouTube and then they get pulled down when the rights holders, whoever they are, show up. Nobody cares anymore. The only thing that you you have to care about is if you're doing it commercially, and I, I'm sure there are some some people who don't go into music as a as a podcast, you, you know, don't do podcasts about music as much as they would if they thought that their rights were better. But it doesn't stop anybody really. There there always have been people willing to do it without without it. it it's fundamentally different. I mean, it's there, there's. Not that many music podcasts. Given that, if if it if you look at it as a radio analog, radio is almost all music, right? And it has been for a long time. I think that, most the most popular shows are
2: all talk radio, though. You say it's uh, radio is all music. That's not true. The all of the biggest uh, I, TV radio
0: stations I, in the UK anyway are talk. That's radio. right. BBC is different, right? Uh, BBC, but they they even have some dedicated uh, music shows. And CBC oh, yeah. is different. But, in the but the state, talk shows get, like, twice as many listeners by right? easily. The, the genre is different. It's, it's very different. And, and just think of how people used to start off um, their show thinking, you have to keep it short. Well, what's the format now, right? Uh, Joe Rogan's one of the most popular, and it's a three-hour show. And it's not exactly three hours. It's approximately three hours because that's about as long as people can sit before their ass gets tired. This is speaking two hours which, for me now. I'm going to have to go. <laughs> you yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, might want to wrap this up. Just I'm going to so. press stop on this. This has been the SFF Audio Podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com. <sighs> we all here? Evan? Um yeah. Yeah, I'm a, of us now. Is five the right number? Five? Who are we missing? Oh yeah, I'm yeah. I'm in here too. I forgot about myself. <laughs> Duh. It's kinda like um I'm George Orr. I'm the I'm, I'm the median, so I don't count. I everything counts cancels me out, you know. Is this the podcast already? We're starting it sh- shortly. Let me just uh, okay. get my elbow <laughs> closer to the mic here. All right. That was a that was a Joke, guys! Come on, my left elbow has to be closer to the mic. I get it. We all got it. Oh, nobody's laughing. I, I blame Skype. <laughs> you've done,
2: you've done three, three references from the book already. We're, wa- we're all waiting. Let's for get the, started. Uh, here we the go. Podcast to start before joining. So,
0: Jesse, Paul, Marissa, uh, Luke, Heaven. Evan. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Here we go. Oh, wait, I have a folder somewhere on my desktop with reviews of this book. Uh-huh. And, oh, and a Wikipedia entry or something. All right, here we go. Hi, I'm Jesse. Hi, I'm Paul.
1: Hello, I'm Marissa.
0: I'm Luke. And Hi, I'm, I'm Evan. I screwed it up one more time. Forgot about
4: Evan. Uh- <laughs>